warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cockpistols and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 386. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, clean it, erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over, counterculture, pushed over. Pop culture. Leftovers. Uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Only talent. It's the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Hello, this is Randall Park, and you are listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And we're the Leftovers. How are you doing, Leftover Jake? Leftover Brian. All right, I'm having a leftoverific day myself, buddy. <laughs> leftoverific. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. I'm jealous. Oh man, Jake. Oh man. All right. All right. Let's let's get this one going, man. This is uh we got a lot we got a lot to cover here in this episode. But uh, I want to let people know there will be a timestamp for our Fast and Furious 9 conversation, F9, uh, and that conversation does include spoilers, and I'll tack that on at the end of the podcast, but you can read the show notes and you'll get a timestamp. And, uh, oh, you don't do a timestamp. Yeah, I'm doing it now. All right? Fuck that. Anyone that asks for future timestamps, F you. Yeah, if you ask for I'll give you the timestamps, but if you ask for them, I, I I will be rebellious, Jake, and I will not give you a timestamp for anything. No. Yeah. <laughs> no timestamps. Yeah, no timestamps for you. I I'll hand them out though when I feel like it, Jake. I rule with an iron fist. Yeah, I mean, Fast Nine. It's it's a huge movie. Some people may just want to listen to that. I guess so. That's very generous of you, Keith. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, we're not alone. We are joined by Paul Hart from Apple to Oranges podcast. Welcome, Paul. Hey, thanks for having me on. That all you got? That's all you brought yeah, this that's week? That's all I got. I'm so sorry. I was up late watching all these uh, movies. No, I'm excited to be on to talk uh, with you guys. It's always a fun time. You're gonna you're gonna blame the slate of movies that I gave you for your, your <laughs> lack of energy. Yeah, absolutely, got to pass the buck, right? <laughs> Seriously, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no shit, Jake. <laughs> what the? Oh, I, Brian, I would have came in here a little hotter had it been not for the fucking large slate of movies that you gave me. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I apologize. You kept me up all night watching these goddamn movies. <laughs> 
good time. <laughs> <laughs> that, Jake, that's we'll not. Back, Paul. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> Jake, that's not what I'm hearing, man. I'm hearing, I'm hearing, I'm hearing. He's lethargic because of all these goddamn movies I shoved out his goddamn throat this week. I want to come on prepared. I want to, you know, I want to give you guys all that I can. Yeah, I don't know. That's the way I took it too, Paul. I, I mean, I gotta say. No. I would have had more if not for all these movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Hopefully. Okay, let's bring in our equally uh, tired and lethargic guest, Rebecca Daling from Picard Cast. Welcome, oh. Rebecca, if you haven't fallen asleep. Oh, she just, she just says, she just says hello. I'm always exhausted. I mean, <laughs> but yes, uh, I, I will try to be a little bit more, you know, hey, thanks for having me. And now I'm, I'm spent. Good night, everybody. <laughs> oh, my God. I, seriously. Our next guest is already completely asleep from all the movies that we had. This week, I wish we had one of those mattress sponsors, Jake. Oh, <laughs> yes. man. Yeah. That would be great. Get the mattress king involved. Jesus. All right. And then final guest this week, bringing in Nana Pratt from Blurred's R Us. Welcome, Nana. Let's go. Mm! That's how it's fucking done. <laughs> but the bad news is Nana didn't watch anything. <laughs> <laughs> Nana got Nana got plenty of rest because he watched none of the content. <laughs> oh, wait, it's nearly one a.m. here, so yeah, it's all good. Let's go. Let's get to it. Let's do it. You know, first we got to get some shit out of the way. Got to do some housekeeping here. Uh, we do have to go over the winners for last week's contest, which was for the movie The Misfits. So I've got five digital copies of The Misfits that I'm going to be giving out to our listeners right now. And the first winner of a digital copy for The Misfits is Monica Garola. <laughs> One of our favorite winners. Yeah. <laughs> and no, she always wins. I know, I know. <laughs> Here we go, number two. Winning a digital copy of The Misfits is Rob Forrest. Monica Garola and Rob Forrest. Number three. Maker, Rob Forrest. Adam Cornette, you win a copy of The Misfits. Adam Cornette from the Cornetto Trilogy. <laughs> I was right there with you before you even said it. <laughs> <laughs> mm, number four is Alfredo Tostado, the new menu item from Taco Bell. You win. You get a free Baja Blast with that. Baja Blast. Oh, man, Jake, I watched a porn video called Baja Blast. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the free version and they didn't show the blast. All right. And the final winner is Gaku Ito. You win a digital copy of The Misfits, and I will get those sent out to everybody uh, tomorrow or Monday. Or you'll get it when you get it. All right, you'll how's that sound? You'll, you'll get, get it. it. It's not a remake of the Marilyn Monroe movie. It's not a... Jake, that was last week. Let's not use jokes from last week. Let's not recycle. <laughs> all right? I'm all for recycling, but I'm not for recycling jokes on the next week's podcast, Jake. Just try, try to save the Earth one joke at a time. Yeah, you you failed us. Uh, <laughs> Captain so Planet. Are you guys going to get um, a sponsor or someone that's going to do a giveaway and ship to the UK? Because then you get some new names to enter. I've actually had them reach out to me, and I keep turning them away, Nana. 
<laughs> I keep turning. I said, no, I don't want to provide anyone from the UK with anything, is what I say. <laughs> then Brian starts chanting, USA, USA, USA. <laughs> I say, get your UK bullshit out of here. No. This is a made in America is what I say, Nana. <laughs> I don't want my digital codes to work in any other country is what I say, to <laughs> Nana. <laughs> All right. Guys, we've got, guess what, Jake? We got some emails this week. All right. Hopefully they're good. Uh, well, we had some emails, Jake. Let's move on. Oh, I'll take bad email. <laughs> this, what, who's this come from? Who's this email come from? Oh, it comes from uh, a listener named Steven. And uh, he says, hey, Brian, I wanted to write and express my gratitude for you, uh, for what you, Jake, and other guests do. You guys help the week feel shorter while I'm working. I've been listening to PCL for a few years. I'm a Patreon and I have even won a few DVDs. <laughs> Who who hasn't? <laughs> My girlfriend. Oh, Nana, stop it! <laughs> Once you become a U.S. citizen, you'll have a chance. <laughs> My girlfriend says either I'm the luckiest guy in the world or I'm one of the five people listening. She's joking, of course. She listens as well. No, she's correct. Literally, yeah, she's number three. Yeah, it's it's basic. Our our listen our listener base extends to Monica Garola, Alfredo Tostado, Rob Forrest, and Nana Pratt, who never wins shit. So, <laughs> uh, I wanted to tell you this week your podcast was a little more special. My brother is going through a hard time in his life. Unfortunately, he tried to take his own life. My family and I gathered at the hospital to be with him, but because of the pandemic, we were only allowed in his room one at a time. As I sat there talking to my family and trying to collect my thoughts on how I can help my brother in his time of need, waiting for my turn to go in and speak with him, I got it got to be a little too much. I went outside to get fresh air, threw on my headphones, and listened to a little of last week's episode. The banter back and forth between you, Jake, Joe, and Neil lifted my spirits. It put me in a better mood to go into the hospital room and be a little bit stronger for him. My brother is my best friend. We're 15 years apart, and so we never had that sibling rivalry. He is a kind, gentle person that just so happens to be going through a hard time. I'm happy to say he is doing better, and I think we have a good plan to help him get back on his feet. So I just wanted to tell you, Jake, and all the leftovers, thank you, a very heartfelt thank you. Tell Jake we needed a hero, maybe even a streetwise Hercules, and PCL didn't disappoint. Listener for life, and that comes from Steven. Oh, that's a great email. That's So far, that's the only good use of we need a hero I've heard in the last few weeks. So, I love that. Still got to get a jab in there, don't you, Jake? You can't, you can't, you can't let it go. We can't just have a heartfelt moment. You still gotta get a little jab in there, don't you? I love that he was able to be humorous in such a, uh, I thought he kind of started that trend. I, I love that. I, that's kind of the way I am too. When it's a really difficult situation, I try to fight it by still making a joke here and there. You know, it kind of keeps you out of the doldrums. I, I really appreciated that about that email. I really can, I can relate to that as well. I can relate to that as well. 
Yeah, that was a that's an awesome email, Stephen. And dude, it's crazy, Jake. We don't even know that we're there for people when these things are going on, but. Um, I mean, dude, that makes me feel good that, uh, just, uh, a conversation between, uh, me and you and Joe and Neil last week lifted this guy's spirits. And I'm happy to hear that your, your brother's doing better, man. Um, I've been there. I've been there. And, um, I didn't have a support group around me after I tried to take my own life. Um, and, um, so it's like, a lot of my feelings went unresolved for years and I didn't know why I tried to do it. And, and, um, you know, it was something that like, you know, like, will I try to do it again? Because so it, but, um, I'm glad, I'm glad that, uh, your brother's taken some necessary steps here in order to, uh, to take care of himself. He needs to take care of himself and, and, uh, yeah, just be a, be a support group for him, man. Um, I think that's fantastic. I think that's fantastic, man. So, um, I'm here if you ever need to talk to me, man. Just reach out to me in an email if you need anything. But, uh, yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I love that we could be that calming voice. And, yeah, I, I, I also have a brother who's 20 years younger than me, and I, I know what a different relationship that is. Like, we've never had that sibling rivalry. We always were, you know, it's almost closer to kind of father-son than it is brother and brother. Mm. But, yeah, I love that guy to death, and I, you know, I, I can relate with you. I'd be right there for him, too, if anything like that were to happen. Let's see here. Got an email. Remember Randy last week, Jake? Randy Orton? Yeah. Well, oh, fuck. It was a different Randy. It's the, yeah, it's the Randy from last week. And his, his uh, email says, uh, subject, I'm out. He says, kidding. Air purifiers and other top off-topic tangents don't scare me. I'm in, damn it. Like DiGiorno's hammer to a Valkyrie. I'm all in. And so I will continue to listen until I die. Sincerely, Randy. So last week I said, is Randy going to get offended by this episode? Is he going to be out? Is he going to leave? He says, no, Jake, he's sticking around. Randy's not going anywhere. That's awesome. Listen to you die. What a statement. I love it. Kind of fucked up coming from the last email we talked about, Jake. So I don't know how I feel about it. What a transit. What a transition. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think those emails kind of, I should have read this. I don't, I, Maybe I should have just left this email out. That is a... <laughs> yeah, jeez, Randy. Way to be insensitive. Jesus Christ, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Randy. Always Randy. Read, read the room. Read the room, Randy. <laughs> that should be on a shirt. Read the room, Randy. <laughs> you fucked up, Randy! <laughs> Next time, send your email earlier. Jeez. God damn it, Randy. Well, I don't. I don't know. It doesn't matter what order you read that in. Randy fucked up. <laughs> How you doing over there, Paul? How's it going? Doing great. Thanks. Thanks for asking, buddy. Jake, I feel. Like <laughs> I feel like we have so many people on this episode that everybody's scared to talk. I know it's now. it's I'm, affecting me a little bit too. I, see, I just did, every time I talk, I'm like taking away one of the other three people's chances to talk. <laughs> I know somebody could have spoke over that whole fucking Randy email. That'd have made things better, but nobody did. <laughs> <laughs> In, reading the room, insensitive Randy. <laughs> you were reading the if room. You were reading the room, you would have spoke over it. Oh, I don't know about that. You misread the room. 
<laughs> All right, guys. Let's uh, let's talk about this new Shang Chi trailer. I keep saying Shang Chi. Kevin Feige says Shang Chi, Jake. It's so hard. I'm so used to saying Shang Chi. It's been 30 years of me saying Shang Chi. And then Kevin Feige, Kevin Feige throws this fucking Shang Chi grenade into the room. Shang Chi. Same. I, it's a character I've known since I was like 10, and I've pronounced it that way. Yeah, 30 plus years now. Yeah. It's hard. I know the correct way it's pronounced, but when I'm talking fast or just, you know, spitting something out, it, it just, that's how it, it comes. comes out of Shang-Chi. I've been saying Shang-Chi for 30 years, man. It's, it's tough. It's tough. I don't think he's, I don't think he'll be offended. Who? He's getting any recognition. Shang-Chi? You don't think Shang-Chi? Well, he's a fictional character, Jake. I don't think he will be either. <laughs> I'm offended that you're such an idiot right now in this moment, Jake. <laughs> He's a fictional character, sir. <laughs> Guys, let's talk about the new uh, Shang-Chi trailer. But before we talk about it, I want to get some people in here to actually talk. So I'm going to ask what people thought about the Shang-Chi trailer. New, new guest? We're getting a new guest? We're getting, we're getting some... Yeah, I'm going to let these three go. I'm going to get some people that talk in on the podcast. <laughs> What? I can't, I can't hear anybody. I swear. What did you say, Paul? I said I am the weakest link. Oh, oh man. Jokes from 20 years ago, man. Um, it still worked. <laughs> See, I, only, I only went a week ago. I didn't go 20 years ago. Oh my god, I'm gonna stay on mute. <laughs> no. Alright, before we break, I'm gonna break down this trailer. We're gonna talk about the new Shang-Chi trailer. Before we break it down, I'm gonna go over a rating system. We're gonna go over the rating system here, and I want you guys to rate it. I'm really curious as to, you know, what your guys' thoughts were on this trailer. Here's our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. First trailer that came out was a teaser trailer. And uh, I wish that I, you know, that first trailer dropped. I wish I would have had time that week to to kind of like break down the teaser. You know, much like the Eternals trailer that dropped, it was a teaser um, but unlike the Eternals trailer that dropped, I did not do a breakdown and I apologize for that. I just did not have time that week. And so, um, but I was super excited. Jake, we did rate it. I gave that fucking teaser trailer a topperware. I thought it was fucking incredible. The action looks great. And, um, now we got the full trailer here for Shang-Chi and, um, I still honestly didn't have time to do a breakdown, but I did. I found a way to do it. So, um, I do want to break this one down, but I want to know what you guys thought about like the original teaser and then this follow-up full-length trailer. I'm going to start with Rebecca. I'm curious to hear what you thought about Shang-Chi. Yeah, that first teaser trailer uh, was was just excellent. It, it, it gave me chills, actually. Like I, I got goosebumps watching because it just looked so amazing. They really packed a lot of action um, into it, which I really loved. Um and then with this longer trailer, um, I like that they were able to give you a little bit more exposition. Um, I love seeing Michelle Yao. I absolutely, Michelle Yeoh, excuse me. I absolutely love anything that she's in. Um, 
I, I really liked this trailer a whole lot. I thought it gave exposition enough, like for somebody who maybe wasn't very familiar with the character to kind of get a little taste of what this movie will be about and who the character is. I thought the action that we did see was really cool. Like I thought like the like the knife throwing stuff and all the kung fu. I thought it was absolutely great. Um, I, I'm going to Tupperware this trailer along with the the um, teaser trailer as well. I I super super hyped for this movie. This Rebecca, this took like as far as the Marvel movies, as far as movies in general. When I saw the first teaser trailer, like yeah. Black Widow was my most anticipated movie of this year, and like as soon as I saw the Shang Chi trailer, the teaser. I was like, this has just fucking vaulted, catapulted into that top spot. Dude, I'll be be totally honest with you. Of course, like, I am going to go see the Black Widow movie. Um, But Shang-Chi has been on my radar as one of my most highly anticipated movies for this year. But I'm right there with you. It is my number one anticipated movie for this year. Yeah. And and in in a year where we're getting the Black Widow movie, we're getting the Eternals movie, which I'm not going to, like, shit on the Eternals movie. I'm super excited for that, too. But... This movie, these two trailers have got me so hyped. Like, I, I cannot wait for, for this movie. I agree. Paul, Shang-Chi. Yeah, um, I don't know anything. I have no history with this character. Uh, the teaser was awesome. And then my daughter and I watched this trailer yesterday, and she said, can we go see this right now? I had, to, <laughs> I, had to, I had to hurt her feelings by saying, no, we can't. But, um, man, I don't know anything about this character at all, but I am sold on this movie. Like, it looked, I, I could be way off, but, like, it just, I, I got, I got, like, uh, I feel like this could be, like, a Thor type of movie where we're to take this actor that no one really knows and just catapult him. Like this movie looks like a really cool origin story with like a myth, like with, with like a mythical object, like those ten rings, and to see him like kind of progress on that journey, and then to kind of see like it definitely looks like his own movie, but to throw in like Wong from Doctor Strange and all that like it looked really cool like how it is going to tie into the Marvel universe but yet like almost every other movie stand on its own merit and this looks like a fun action packed kick ass movie that I cannot wait to take my daughter to go see dude anytime here's the fucked up thing I don't know if you guys have thought this um, and I don't think it's a fucked up thing to think actually like anytime I see like a new character being introduced into the Marvel Cinematic Universe I keep thinking about like how Especially if it's a character like Shang-Chi, like we're seeing in the first trailer and the second trailer, I keep thinking about, it's a goddamn shame that I'm not, I will never be able to see, uh, this character interact with Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther. Oh yeah, I, I, I feel that way a lot. I, I, I think about all these new characters that we're getting and just to think how Chadwick Boseman would have fit into the, to, or how they would have fit in with him in, in the universe is a, is a goddamn shame. And I, we'll, we'll never see it. It's terrible. And here's the thing. I think, like, the Shang-Chi character, like, hanging out with Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther, like, that would have been a cool dynamic. Like, one absolutely had a wonderful relationship with his father, and the other, as we see in this trailer and in the previous trailer, it does not. And so, like, to see those two characters even have a talk about their fathers on screen would have just been 
fucking incredible. And that's the kind of shit we get in these Marvel movies. We do get those kind of scenes in these big movies where it's like, we're like, I wonder how these characters would interact. And it's like this, from this, like from, from phase four going forward, uh, there are going to be characters that are introduced and I'm always just going to be, there's going to be like this fucking, um, part of me that wonders like what it would have been like to see Shang-Chi and, you know, Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther on the screen together at the same time. What would have it been like to see, you know, Black Panther hanging out with, you know, fucking Moon Knight or something? I mean, it's, that's going to haunt me. That's going to haunt me. And, um, it, it you know, it's going to continue to, that's 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 what says so much about like what Chadwick Boseman did for that fucking character that I don't think we're ever going to be able to to forget and like you know kind of like fan theorize like where they could have gone with the character going forward. I think that he certainly left his fucking mark on the MCU. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, we won't even see him. I was gonna say it's interesting that you bring up Black Panther because I was just gonna say that this trailer like um, I hope that it has the same kind of impact for the Asian or Oriental community in the same way Black Panther did for um, the black community that everyone came out to support this movie and made a boatload of money it showed that you can have a film that has a predominantly black cast and do well so I'm hoping that again with this we're going to see a predominantly Asian cast um, and it has as much success if not more than Black Panther and it will hopefully show other studios that you know, you can be diverse and make money. Yeah, I hope so as well. I do. I hope. It, I hope this movie blows up. I mean, Jake, could, dude, our our theater is going to be back in full swing. Do you think this has a chance to make a billion? I think it does. I think it does. I mean, Fast Nine is breaking post pandemic records, um, and what this comes out in September. September. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think we're going to have a lot more people willing to go out and see movies at that point. Uh, I think the Marvel movies are going to be tests for people. I, I think if you've been scared to go out until now, the Marvel movies are really going to haul people out. I, I think Black Widow's going to do huge numbers as well for that reason. Yeah, yeah. Paul, did you rate it, man? Uh, yeah, I gave, well, I believe so. I gave both a Tupperware. I do give both a Tupperware. There you go. Jake, what do you think, man? Yeah, I love this trailer. It's another Tupperware for me. I, I just thought it was so great. Um, visually, it looks unlike anything we've seen from an MCU movie yet. Uh, just like the teaser, I'm just blown away by the, the color palette that they've decided to use in these movies. Like so many, like a lot of movies will have that same color palette throughout the whole movie, but just in these two trailers, we've seen such a like array of different styles and colors being used in the shots and cinematography. I, it's really looking like something special. Um, I can't wait to see this movie. I just think it's a really well-produced, slick trailer. Uh, love the choice of music. Just love the speed of the cuts that they showed us. I Yeah, this is fantastic. I cannot wait to see this movie. Nana, what'd you rate this one? Uh, I'm, I'm going to give it a high taste it. Um, and the main reason is because I thought that there was one scene that shouldn't have been included in the trailer and should have been left as a surprise for when audiences go to the cinema. I thought that they just showed a little bit way too much in that particular scene. I'm guessing it's the abomination yes. fight. Yes, it is. I, I thought that they should have saved that for audiences to see that for the first time in the cinema. And it was interesting that Paul said that um, that was one, because that was one of the questions I was going to ask. 
we, we don't know. We okay. Here's the it, thing. It we, looks like Wong. It looks like Wong. The guy has the same build as Wong. We also know that there was an Instagram post that came out months ago of Wong hanging out with Simu Liu, the you know the title character. He plays Shang, uh, Shang Chi in this movie. They had an Instagram post where they were hanging out together, so that led people to... Jake, we even said when that Instagram post came out on a previous episode, I asked the question, could Wong show up in this movie? Yeah, I, I couldn't 100% tell if that was him either. I don't think they, they want us to know, but it, it definitely is a sorcerer that has entered the tournament that is using a sling ring, and... The, the, I mean, the chances are high that it's Wong. But the only thing, I, why would Wong be in some tournament fight abomina- abomination? It's not like, it looks like it's like a cage fight scene. Well, people are and bearing money. Why would Wong, you know, need the money? Like, why would he be there? Could this be a tournament for the control of the Ten Rings? I mean, you've got, uh, in the trailer, Wen Wu, who's gonna be the Mandarin. He is the Mandarin, the real leader of the Ten Rings. Could this be a tournament for, like, the heir to... to, 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 to we don't know what the prize is for this tournament. We have no idea. It's not revealed in either trailer. Could the prize for this tournament be the Ten Rings? We don't even know when this movie's taking place yet, do we? Like, that could be a thing, too. Like, who who knows in what part of Wong's MCU history this is even happening if he's there. I believe it's probably 2023. I mean, if we're to believe, like, you know, I, God, if I, if, I, if I start unpacking that kind of stuff, I'm starting to reveal <laughs> a little bit more than I want to right now at this stage of the game and the trailer breakdown. So, well, let's put a pin in that. We'll come back to it. Um, Nana, you give it a high taste it. It's just, it, you think that that reveal of the possible Wong slash abomination fight, uh, is a little too much. Yeah. Okay. What do you guys, what do you think? What do you think, Jake? Do you think that that, do you think that that kind of scene was necessary in this trailer? Maybe to get, uh, I mean, Marvel hardcore fanboys and fangirls kind of like, more into this movie to where it doesn't feel like it's just kind of like a standalone origin story that they're actually pulling in other elements of the MCU into this one? Do you think like we're at that point where it's like, eh, I don't need that standalone Doctor Strange movie anymore. Yeah, just fucking pull in all elements of, uh, of, uh, of this. Do you, I, I personally think that, I don't think that this is the last time we might see Abomination in this movie. So I think well, that, go ahead. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it didn't bother me at all seeing the abomination. Um, we're a little bit more in the know than a lot of people, too. I, I think one of the reasons it didn't bother me is it's already, like, full knowledge that Tim Roth abomination is going to be in the She-Hulk series. Sure, so, but um, nobody knew he was going to be showing up in this movie. Yeah, but yeah, except, I, I'm just saying that yeah. I knew he was coming back to the MCU, so it wasn't like there's other characters they could have shown that would have been way more surprising than Abomination. Um, it didn't bother me at all just seeing this brief little clip of it. I, and I do like in the trailer, especially in the second one, 
them showing that this does have connections to the greater MCU with just a couple of quick blips of that. I, I'm fine with that. I side with you. I give this a fucking absolute Tupperware. I fucking loved this trailer. Loved the first one. Loved the second one. Oh my god. I cannot wait to see this movie. My most... God damn it, Rebecca. You know, it, it, for me and you, it's our most anticipated movie of the fucking year now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I really... I, I don't know. I, I I don't know how this couldn't be. Well, unless I guess you hate the character or whatever, but I don't know how this could not be exciting for comic book fans to see this movie. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. I am right. Let okay, all right. Did everybody got a chance to rate it? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I want to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about this new trailer, but I, there are some things that I want to talk about that were important from the first trailer that I did not break down. Um, and in that trailer, basically, it kind of sets up uh, what led Shang Chi to leave his home. We see, uh, you know, his training. The, the violent training that his father gave him, the pressure that his father put him under, uh, during the training. There's this wood post that we see, and this is a wood post that his father made him punch repeatedly. And so I firmly believe that he, he ran away from home. He ran away. He went to, um, San Francisco. And he's been living in the States for the last 10 years. And even in that trailer, we, you know, we see that the Mandarin, he basically says he's given Shang-Chi 10 years to live his life. And his father's not really impressed with how he spent his time. We see in that first trailer, like he's living in a garage. He's living a, a very, like, um, uh, he's not rich. It's not lavish. He lives in a garage, but he's got a good set of friends. He hangs out with Aquafina's character in this movie and he's got good friends and he likes his life there. Um, I also want to point out that there's a scene of him training as a kid and he's wearing a necklace and it's got a green jewel in it. And then we also see him in that trailer He's wearing it as an adult. And that necklace, they're going to reveal that as how the Mandarin has been tracking him his entire life and knows where he's at. It's it's a tracking device, the green necklace. Hey, I did not catch on to that at all. Uh, let's break down this new trailer that we get. At the beginning of the trailer, we get a shot of uh, five of the ten rings. And... It's different than the MCU. In the MCU, they're actually rings that you put on your fingers. Um, uh, in the comics, excuse me. Did I say in the comics or am I drunk? You said in the MCU. You said in, like, you excuse me. In the comics, they're, uh, they, they, oh yeah. In the MCU, they aren't rings that you put on your fingers, but in the, like in the comics, you actually, the Mandarin will wear these as like rings on his fingers, but in the MCU, they're, they're more like bracelets. And, um, we see Shang-Chi's father, Wenwu, is the one who, like, owns these rings. He's, like, he's the one that uses these rings. And in the comics, the rings are from this ancient race of aliens who crash-landed on Earth called the McLuhans. And each ring... 
contain the soul of a long-dead legendary cosmic warrior. Uh, Fing Fang Foom was one of these aliens. The dragon from the Marvel comics, Fing Fang Foom, was one of these aliens. And yes, there is a dragon in this trailer, but that is not Fing Fang Foom, and we're going to talk about that later. In the trailer, we hear the Mandarin say, Throughout my life, the Ten Rings gave my family power. And in the comics, and I don't know how they're going to be doing this in the actual movie, but in the comics, each ring has a specific power. There's the Matter Rearranger ring. Um, it's uh, also known as the Remaker, and it allows the Mandarin to manipulate the atomic and molecular structures of matter. Uh, the Impact Beam Ring uh, allows the Mandarin to generate and project various beams of concussive force. There's the Vortex Beam Ring, which um, is also known as Spin. And that ring causes the air to move about at a high speed in a vortex. The vortex can be used as an offensive weapon, as a means of le- uh, as a means of levitating objects, or as a means of propelling the ring's wearer through the air. We see that in this trailer. There's a scene of the Mandarin, and it looks like it's a flashback scene. And he's uh, it looks like he's in a battle with this woman, and he's levitating, and he's wearing the rings. Uh, there's the disintegration beam ring, and that ring allows the man to project a beam of energy capable of destroying the bonds between the atoms and molecules, causing inanimate objects to disintegrate. Uh, Black light ring. This ring allows the Mandarin to create an area of darkness, presumably using dark force energy to do so. There's a white light ring. This ring allows the Mandarin to generate and manipulate, uh, manipulate various forms of electromagnetic energy. There's the flame blast ring. This allows the Mandarin to project blasts of infrared to produce flame or ignite combustible materials. The Mento Intensifier Ring, uh, also known as the Lyre, this ring magnifies the Mandarin's psionic energies, allowing him to mentally manipulate the thoughts and actions of others. There's the Electroblast Ring, a.k.a. Lightning. This ring allows the Mandarin to project blasts of electrical energy. And there's the Ice Blast Ring, uh, a.k.a. Zero. Uh, this ring allows the Mandarin to project waves of up... Uh, of up intense cold and ice, in, including trapping foes in ice blocks and sheaths. So, I, Jake, I don't know if they're, if it's going to be pulled directly from the comics, if all these rings are going to have like separate powers, but I wouldn't put Marvel past doing this either. Yeah, I can't tell either. I, I my gut reaction is they're not going to go all out like that, but I want them to. Like, that's one of my favorite parts about the character. Like, just as a kid, I remember, like, that Marvel Universe card that explained every single one of his rings and said what each power was. And I, I just love that idea of, like, getting all those items of power and using them at the same time. Um, I hope it's not just generic, like, aura of power you have all ten together type of thing. I hope they really do separate these powers. I think that would be I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. It might, be a, it might be much, though. It might be a little bit much. Um, I think it does. He is imbued with, like, some sort of power. But some of them... I think they might be... I think Marvel might pick and choose what powers those rings allow him to do. I, cause some of those powers sound, okay, I'll get into that later. I don't want to get into too much right now. Uh, Nana, were you going to say something? 
Well, yeah, so right now they've only just shown the Ten Rings doing one power, and I think maybe for this film they might keep it simple, but as he's um, introduced more into the wider MCU, they can show different elements of the different rings and obviously show that he's growing in strength and growing in understanding of how to use the Ten Rings. Because for, for this movie, he may only just replicate the power that his dad uses. Yeah. Um... Uh, let me let's let's break this down a little bit more because I do want to talk about like some of the different powers that we see in this trailer and what all this means. Um, at the beginning of uh, of the trailer, we see like this. Uh, we do uh, towards the beginning, we see an ancient battle, and um, I think this is a flashback. We see the Mandarin using the ring, and he's taking out some soldiers that are guarding a castle. I honestly feel like. Once he takes control of this castle, I think, like, later on in the trailer when we see, like, Shang-Chi showing up to the Mandarin stronghold, I still think that, I think that that is the same castle. I think, like, I think it's just been, like, we're doing, like, a time jump into the future, and I think, like, that's still, like, kind of like his base of operations, and we're, we're seeing, like, the origin story of the Mandarin and how he came to power. In the trailer, we hear uh, Wen Wu, who is the Mandarin, telling his son, he says, if you want them to be yours one day, you have to show me you're strong enough to carry them. And he's talking about the Ten Rings. And and um, we've seen, we see then a, a battle flag, and it's got Ten Rings on them. And in the MCU, we've seen the Ten Rings before um, as, a, as a group. Uh, they were the group. There was a subset of the Ten Rings that kidnapped Tony Stark and Iron Man. We also saw a member of the Ten Rings uh, give whiplash traveling documents in Iron Man 2, and he was a member of the Ten Rings. And then in Ant-Man, there was a buyer that was interested in buying Pimtech, and he had a Ten Rings tattoo on his neck. So we have seen this before and then also in the um there was a short one back when marvel did those short movies um at the at, at the end of like the blu-rays there was the short where they talked about the real mandarin and how he is upset at trevor after the events of iron man 3 we th- uh, we then in the trailer get michelle yo doing the narration and she's telling shang chi she says you're a product of all that came before you the legacy of your family. You are your mother, and whether you like it or not, you are also your father. We then see shots of him training with his mother and his father, and they're super different. Uh, the training with his father is like super strict, very painful. We see him getting like hit with like like with, like wooden or bamboo sticks, and and having to punch you know repeatedly that post. Um, the color in those scenes it's very dark. It's it's not lit at all. Uh, with his mother, it's it's a very peaceful training, and the colors are much lighter. We then get a shot of one of the villains, and it's that villain that's wearing a mask, and that villain is Death Dealer. Death Dealer is also in the comics. Death Dealer works for Wen Wu, the Mandarin, and looks to be the one that's trying to bring in Shang Chi back home after ten years. Um, I think that there's a bunch of different people that are going after Shang Chi, trying to bring him back in. One is. One is Razor Fist. I don't think Razor Fist succeeds. Uh, I think it is the Death Dealers that bring Shang-Chi back home. Razor Fist, do you remember in the trailer when they're on that bus? Uh, it's that guy that's got that blade that comes out of his arm that glows orange. 
Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That is that is Razor Fist, which is the best name since Taser Face. <laughs> <laughs> and uh we do see we do see Razor Fist on the helicopter that's bringing Shang-Chi back to the uh back to the Mandarin's uh, you know, base or stronghold. Um we then see Shang-Chi brought in and he's back with his family and we actually see his sister in the background, Shang Li, and she's the one who has been with their father and has been loyal to the family this entire time. And we're, I, I think we're going to see that she is super pissed off that she is not allowed to be the heir, the one that gets the Ten Rings, and that you know Shang-Chi, the one that left ten, for ten years, is the one that Wen Wu wants to give the rings to. Um, and we actually see them fighting, uh, Shang Li and, uh, Shang Chi. We see them fighting later in the trailer. Now, uh, we get, uh, uh, we get more scenes of, uh, and shots of like how different his training was, uh, when he was growing up. We, it, it, it's almost like he's been trained in two completely different styles. Um, First, and this isn't a training scene, but we we see him as a child, and he's in a restaurant, and he's with his father. And Wen Wu, his father, is wearing the rings, and he beats someone up as in the bar. And I think this is going to be the moment when he's a child. He first sees his dad for who he truly is a villain because as while that shot is happening we also see another shot of a grown-up shang chi and he's talking with his father and he says you're just a criminal that murders people so there's going to be like this moment in his childhood when i think he looks up to his father and then he sees his real father come out in like this this restaurant scene and just beat the shit out of this guy like there's no need for it he's wearing these rings he's he's overpowered and he might even murder this guy in front of his son. And, like, it opens up his son's eyes to, like, who his father really is. Um, we then get a scene of him being trained by Michelle Yeoh. And uh, she's doing, like, this dance where she's... Do you guys remember the scene? She's, like, in a training circle. And she's doing this dance and she's, like, controlling wind. Yes. It's a really cool visual scene. She's surrounded by trees, and behind her is a very large body of water, and directly behind her, the training circle is made up of, like, this rock in a sculpture, and the sculpture of this rock that goes around the arena, this ring, it looks like the waving shape of a dragon's body. There's... Also a scene in the trailer with water and you guys remember the scene with the water and there's like all this slow motion and, and yeah. And he's like touching the water. And in that same area is a wall sculpture of an Island, a body of water and underneath the water is a dragon in this wall sculpture. And so it looks like the dragon is linked with this particular island, and Michelle Yeoh and her group are more than likely people who protect the dragon and the dragon's secrets. So, we have two different groups here, two different powers, 
the power of the dragon that comes from his mother's side and the power of the ten rings on his father's side. And Shang-Chi is the only one that can combine these powers. Remember, we hear Michelle Yeoh in the trailer say, you're a product of all that came before you, the legacy of your family. You are your mother. And whether you like it or not, you are also your father. So at one time, I'm guessing the rings were owned by the dragon or ten different dragons with ten different powers. Wen Wu has stolen these rings and has been using the power ever since. And, okay, I'm going to stop there. I'm going to get your guys' thoughts on this. All right, I've got a question. Yeah. Sure. We see a scene, a, a, a brief glimpse where it looks like Michelle Yeoh's character is fighting uh, Wen Wu. Yes. Do we... Is that a flashback scene? Or yes. Is that like present day? I don't think it's Wen... I don't think it's Michelle Yeoh fighting Wen Wu. I think it's Shang-Chi's mother that is fighting Wen Wu. And I think, honestly, this fight leads to them kind of... It turns, it's, it's, it's a fight, but I also think that this is kind of like a flirtatious kind of fight, and I think it's the fight that leads them to fall in love with one another. Okay. If that makes sense. When, uh, Michelle Yeoh is not playing the mother, guys. She's, I, I think, I don't think she's playing, she's not playing the mother. I think that, I think that Michelle Yeoh is playing one of these dragon guardians. That is, that is going to complete his dragon training. And that training started with his mother. And I think that that training is very, like, elemental based. I mean, we see, um, his mother in a, in another scene. I, I believe she's training him in, when he's younger, she's training him in water. There's a scene of him and it's very light and there's water. And I think she's training him in, in the water elemental. And then Michelle Yeoh, when we see her in the trailer, she's doing that kind of like dance and she's doing the things with the air. I think she's training him in, in, in air. And I think that the power of the dragon is very like, it's like very elemental power. Yo, it sounded very like Avatar right now with all the, the <laughs> Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I guess. I, I, I'm going to try to separate it from that and take it for what it is. There's a scene that I talked about before where there's like, there's this water and it's suspended and air and it looks like it's very slow motion. We see Shang-Chi like touching the water and it, it comes behind, the water comes behind like this rock sculpture, this rock wall sculpture. And as the water's coming out, this, like the, this rock wall sculpture, it glows orange. And that is the same color we see later in the trailer when the Mandarin and Shang-Chi are battling and pulling the rings. And it's represented in Shang-Chi's side. Um, so when there's like that pull, when there, there's that, that tug of war that we see between Wenwu and Shang-Chi. And the, there's blue energy on Wenwu's side. And then there's this orange energy on Shang-Chi's side. Uh I believe that we're showing the two different powers kind of colliding here. The ring power and then the dragon power that he gets on his mom's side. And if, I also want to throw this out there that 
the orange, it's the same color as Michelle Yeoh's robes that she wears. So I think all the people in her group all wear orange, and it's basically to represent the color of the power. Marvel does this, guys. Power. For sure. Marvel does stuff with the colors of powers. Loki's power is green. We associate green with Loki. We associate the purple with Agatha. We associate the red with Wanda. This orange, I think, is going to be associated with the powers that we see here from Shang-Chi and the dragon powers. And I also believe that Shang-Chi's mother dies at one point in the movie. There's this, like, it looks like what, uh, it looks like a funeral scene that takes place in the water. There's all these different lights that are floating on the water. It looks like it's a funeral scene for his mother. Um, I also want to talk about the scene that we get with the dragon in the water. And we see a dragon in the water. In the comics, the dragon is Fing Fang Foom. But they're going away from that. Um, it's a different look of the dragon. And they're going with a different name of the dragon. But they're still keeping, you know, some certain things of the story intact. Um, we saw the dragon on toy packaging has been called the Great Protector. Um... I do think that the rings may have at one time been owned by the dragon or multiple dragons and had been actual rings that they wore on their claws, but when humans get a hold of them, they're so big that we actually have to wear them as bracelets. So I think that's the explanation there. Um, Later in the trailer, we see a battle taking place in a village, and some say that this battle is taking place in the past. I don't think that... I don't think that... We're going to be jumping back into the past with... I don't think that uh, Shang-Chi is going to be time-hopping. Some people have saying like he might be he might jump into a battle in the past. I don't think that that's the case. I don't think we're going to see any time-hopping from Shang-Chi. Um, because in the battle we do see... In this battle we see... Um, it looks like the Death Dealers, and they're using the same power axes that we saw them use earlier in the trailer... trailer where they're fighting Shang-Chi on the scaffolding. So I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a flashback battle. Um, did you guys notice the live action foo dogs in the battle? Those big giant, they almost look like yeah. lions. Yeah. That, that, looks that, that was crazy. Cool. We see them both in the ancient battle. And then we see them here, I think in like the battle at the end and in China, these statues are used at sites that are considered sacred, and they are meant to protect their ancestors. And we see two of them here, and they're also in the first trailer in the ancient battle. And what's crazy about that is if you watch that ancient battle, in the background, you actually see a flying dragon. Yep. In this one, you do not see any flying dragons, and I think that that's supposed to represent that the... Ten Rings power has kind of like um, they've kind of like wiped out the dragons. I think the only dragon that's left is the Great Protector. Kind of like some Game of Thrones stuff there, where like the legacy of the dragon has kind of disappeared for for quite a while. God, you guys keep invoking Avatar and now Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like can't Shang Chi be its own goddamn thing? <laughs> what fiction can be its own goddamn thing? I know. Even Shang-Chi was based off of, like, Bruce Lee and his popularity at the time, so... Oh, oh, totally. You can totally see it, especially if you read, like, the original, like, origin stories and stuff. <laughs> uh, I'm... What I'm guessing here is basically, like, the Mandarin wanted... 
The Mandarin wanted the power of the dragon for himself and still kind of does and hasn't been able to get a hold of that power. He has the power of the Ten Rings, but he doesn't have the elemental power of the dragons and maybe thinks that his son, because his son comes from both worlds, that he's going to be able to unlock the power of the dragon power as well and maybe he can take that power from his son. Um, All the powers. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, okay, that takes us to the last part of the trailer here. Okay, okay, I guess I just want to get your thoughts on that. Um, uh, so, I think that's kind of like what this movie is about. I do, like, you know, we can talk about, like, you know, he doesn't want to take over for his father and all this stuff. I think that, in all honesty, there are... His father has the power of the Ten Rings. His mother, who's now dead, had the power of the Great Protector, the Dragon. And Shang-Chi is going to get the power from the Elementals and the Dragon. He's also going to get the Ten Rings from his father, and that's what's going to make him powerful enough to join the Avengers. Yeah, I agree. I just is getting him up to speed so he can be part of these other events and teams as well. Yeah. Anybody else? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the the trailer... I mean, I don't think the trailer gives, like, a ton away, but I think it pretty much lays out how this movie's gonna go. I think it definitely is about legacy. I think it's about accepting your heritage, uh, whether it's good or bad. I think it's about learning to, you know, come into your powers and all that. Th- these are all themes we see a lot in the, in the MCU, for sure. Um, and I think, uh, I think, yeah, I think by the time this movie's over, he's going to have both those powers, the of the Ten Rings and of the Great Protector, and yeah, he's just going to be ready to slide right into the Avengers for the next, uh, for the next team of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I guess let's talk about this last scene. So we, we, we do see like this ring battle that's going on here, uh, between Abomination and it looks, you know, we've got Abomination who looks, who looks more comic accurate, comic accurate. He's got like, you know, the fins. And so like, I guess we can just say like the gamma radiation is still transforming him jake over the past well we haven't seen him and we haven't seen the character by this time in the timeline i I would imagine that we're in 2023 20 yeah 2023 2024 we haven't seen the character since 2008 yeah i mean this doesn't bother me the whole changes appearances every single movie he's in it feels like so i I i'm not bothered at all i had nothing to do that I'm not. No, about I know it. you're not. I yeah. know you're not. But I have seen people complaining about this. Well, those people are ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we get this this scene with Abomination fighting a sorcerer in the ring. So I was shocked. I was super shocked. I thought like I did not think we were going to see Abomination before we got the She-Hulk series. The sorcerer is probably Wong. I think it's Wong. I mean, I guess it's, I guess you could just say we don't get a clear shot of his face. But I, I think it's, I mean, Benedict Wong was hanging out with Simu Liu. Like, I'm pretty it sure it's look, Wong. Yeah, it does look like Wong and it makes sense for it to be him as well. It's just, I don't know why he 
it's dead. Well, I mean, if it is a battle to see who's, if it's a tournament for the Ten Rings, of course, like the Sorcerer Supreme and the Sorcerers would want to have a champion in this battle. That's a great power. They don't want it to go, just go to. You don't want that power to go to abomination. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. But so I think I think like not only are we going to see like the source of supreme here, and you know I, we're going to see other fighters in this tournament that are. If it is for the Ten Rings, I don't know if this tournament's for the Ten Rings, but we're definitely going to be we're going to be seeing other people battling. There's got to be a a huge prize to have a sorcerer involved in this tournament. Yeah, no, I don't doubt that, but like I said, what I was trying to say is that I don't mean to have no disrespect on Wong's name, but something of that level of importance, would you then not want Doctor Strange there? Unless we're saying that this is around the same time the Marvel versus Madness is happening and Doctor Strange is busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't... I. I don't know why Doctor Strange isn't in the battle. I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Yeah. 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 It might be cool if this tied into She-Hulk and for whatever reason that Abomination is seeking legal counsel. It's because of what events happened here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, uh, I personally, I personally subscribe to the, the, um, the fact that he's probably going to be recruited by Madam Hydra to join like either the Thunderbolts or Dark Avengers or whatever they're calling them. Yeah. Yo, yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah, I think we're going to see her pop up just kind of like Coulson popped up, you know, in these movies recruiting people and I think she's going to pop up in the I think she's going to recruit somebody for the for the you know, from the Black Widow movie, either recruit like Taskmaster or somebody and then, you know, pop up at the end of this movie and recruit somebody. I I see that happening. So we can get to either Dark Avengers or Thunderbolts or whatever. Um, the scene here that we see this battle, it's probably taking place in Madripoor, which is the same city that we see in the Falcon and Winter Soldier where Sharon Carter was the power broker. Um, in the first trailer for Shang-Chi, we see him in a ring. We see Shang-Chi in a ring and we see uh, behind him there's a symbol it's got a crescent moon, there's a star, and what looks like a lion, and that's the same symbol that you see all over Madripoor. So um, they're probably in Madripoor. Madripoor is probably the only place where you can have a fight like this. They're not going to be having this fight in San Francisco. You probably have to go to Madripoor. This just feels like it would fit into Madripoor, that there's a place where you can have these fucking fights between uh, these, between Abomination and Wong, I guess. Yeah, this is way too illegal for America. So. <laughs> well, Razor Fist, who we see in the trailer, um, has ties to Madripoor. The first time you see him in the comics, he's fighting with Wolverine in Madripoor, so it makes sense. Um, so, and... And, uh, yeah, that's the trailer. That's my trailer breakdown. So I'm, I'm super excited for this fucking movie. And I think that, I think having the Abomination Wong fight in it just makes me even that more excited. Cause that's, I want to see, like, what the, f- that pulled me in. Like, cause I knew we were getting an origin story and we're going to find out more about the Ten Rings. We're going to find out more about Mandarin. We're going to find out more about Shang-Chi. But when they tie it into the overall MCU, which I've been following Jake now since, you know, for fucking 11 years now. Is it a, how long? No, is it since 2008? So 13. Jesus Christ. 
yeah, time just flies. It's like we had a whole year with nothing, so yeah, kind of add that onto it. Yeah, I, you've got me more excited about this team than I was. Like the idea of it being this tournament for the rings, and who else could be involved in that besides two characters? I mean, this could just be the tip of the iceberg of wacky MCU references that are fighting for these ten rings. Yeah. Oh my god. Ah. Um. If- if fucking Groot shows up, it's not gonna happen. But if Groot, sho- <laughs> that's 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 who you want to see show up in this fucking fight. It's fucking Groot. I want to see Groot versus Abomination. That would be fun. I love that idea. The only uh, thing that might make me say that that tournament might not be for the Ten Rings is I feel like in one of the scenes with Shang Chi and uh, Aquafina's character, it looks like this is when they get attacked by. Um, the people with the like the blue axes. Yeah, the death dealers. I I do think like I think like the first time that they they get attacked, it's by Razor Fist and his group. And I feel like the group that brings them in is actually the death dealers that track them down in Madripoor. I think you're right there. I think the death dealers are the ones that bring him. Death, you know, death dealer and his group. The death dealers bring him in. But why is he in this fuck? Why did he? Why did he make his way to Madripoor? That's why. That's that's what I want to know. Why is why is Shang Chi in Madripoor? I'm so glad they're revisiting that place so soon. There's just so much history and richness and like just like scummy things you can do in that in that fictional place. It's well, really awesome. It's super cool that they fucking. Brought it up in Falcon and Winter Soldier, and we're going right back there, man. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Uh, let's uh, let's take a quick break. I feel like I'm frying everyone's brain with the amount of shit that I'm throwing <laughs> at everyone. Oh. There's so many theories. I love it. <laughs> no, this is great. Yeah, for sure. I've just been throwing so much at you guys today. You guys are troopers. I'm throwing so much at you. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Be right back. Listen, group. It's simple. If you want to help the pop culture leftovers, go to the popcultureleftovers.com and do all your shopping from the Amazon link. I am Groot. It doesn't cost you extra, and it helps the leftovers. Got it? I am Groot. Yeah, people can buy hats at Amazon. Are you still hung up on that hats thing? I am Groot. Yeah, okay, I got it. You don't have to buy your hats there. I am Groot. You're impossible. For anyone else who doesn't have a strange or borderline psychotic hatred for hats, please head over to popcultureleftovers.com and use the Amazon link already. I am Groot. And now you're wearing a hat. I freaking give up. Attention, the following is an important consumer warning. Listening to PCO might be harmful to your health. I'm Yaden Paul. You might know me as Sturdy, but after years of listening to PCO, I might have developed a multiple personality syndrome. At first, I didn't quite buy into it until... (laughs) The cynical laughter of the Joker popped into my head, but things got really weird when my wife found me in the dark closet saying, The power of the darkness 
and I will let nothing stand in our way. At which point I jumped up and said to her, Well there, honey, I didn't know you were sitting there watching me. Then it dawned on me, I don't even have a wife. It was Ollie Williams with the Blackie Report. It's gonna rain! Get your umbrella! All in all, the condition isn't that bad, because I have the PCL. Ohana means family. For more of my voices, search me on social media, Y-E-A-D-O-N, Paul Vio. All right. Hey, we are back. It is now time for the pop culture leftovers. Uh, not news. The good pop bad. <laughs> what a smooth transition, Jay. That was like fun. This is like, I feel like this is like week fucking four Brian on PCL. Hey, you're a little stumbly this week. Are you okay? No, I'm not, Jake. <laughs> I'm a little stumbly bumbly. Absolutely, dude. I, it's, it's because we're recording all this shit out of order and it's just insane. It's insanity this week. Yeah, it was worth it for the guests that we have later. That is true. That is true. Guys, it's, you know, fuck it. It's, it's good pop, bad pop time. Jesus Christ. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. We rate these things, and you've heard our rating system. Let's talk about the first thing on the list. Luca hit Disney+. Plus. This is a Pixar movie. Uh Jake, is this the second time that they dropped a Pixar movie with no premium price? Like, Soul was the first one, right? Correct. Now they're doing it again with Luca. <laughs> Now, I read an article that Pixar's not too happy about all this either. Why would they be? I wouldn't yeah. be. I would be pissed. Yeah, I, I, I read that same article, Jake, and basically the the people at Pixar are fucking pissed because they're like, you guys are treating us like, you know, the the ugly stepsister here, and why are we getting, you know, basically, quote-unquote, dumped on, on Disney Plus with no paywall and you're promoting all your other stuff like behind uh, the um the um premium pricing and yeah i i don't blame them either they they have a right to be annoyed by that because they they spend years on these movies well, yeah. <laughs> and the whole idea was that you know disney bought them up with the promise oh you know we won't interfere with your stuff and we're gonna you know you're part of the disney family now and 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 they're treating them like like shit in this and i, I don't blame them for, for for being pissed i honestly i thought soul because it was in the midst of the pandemic i thought that was a one-off same jake same. what was there premium or was that just that was dropped on christmas wasn't it it was free, yes. There was no mm-hmm. no paywall for Soul. But we had a... Oh, my God. Yeah, it and feels... But, but the thing is, is they did have a paywall for their Disney animation in-house movie, Raya and the Last Dragon. So that mm-hmm. almost feels like a, just another slap in the face to the Absolutely. Pixar people. <sighs> Absolutely. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Well, you know what? Let's just talk about the movie and what our thoughts were. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I feel bad for the people at Pixar. Uh, set in a beautiful seaside town on the Italian Riviera, the original animated feature is coming, is a coming of age story about one young boy experiencing an unforgettable summer filled with gelato, pasta, and endless scooter rides. Luca shares these adventures with his newfound best friend, but all the fun is threatened by a deeply held secret. He is a sea monster from another world just below the water's surface. It's directed by Enrico Casarosa. In his first 
for, uh, first uh, feature-length directorial debut, written by Jesse Andrews and Mike Jones, produced by Andrea Warren, and starring the voices of Jacob Tremblay uh, from Room and uh, Jack Dylan Grazer from uh, Jack Dylan Grazer was in Shazam, uh, Emma Berman, Saverio Raimondo, Maya Rudolph, Marco Barelic, uh, Baricelli, Jim Gaffigan, Peter Son, Lorenzo Krischke, Marina Massaroni, and Sandy Martin. And I want to get your guys' thoughts on Luca. Paul, did you get a chance to watch this with the kids? I did, yep. We all watched this together. Um, they enjoyed it immensely. We watched it like three times but uh i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it just a middle of the road taste it i think especially when stacked against the other pixar stuff something just felt like it was missing in this there was parts that were beautiful to look at but this there's moments where i forgot this was even a pixar movie it could have been kind of passed off as one of their regular animation movies not that that's a bad thing it just Something seemed to be missing that Pixar magic, but hey, it got the kids to be quiet for a couple hours, so I'm thankful for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna bounce off of you, dude. I'll also give it a taste. It. I, 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 this was not like, you know, I hold kind of. I, I, I guess I hold Pixar to a standard, and this just didn't meet that standard for me as a Pixar exactly. movie. Yeah. And it was fun. It was fun, but it's you know it's. Yeah, kids eating gelato and pasta and, uh, and, uh, you know, Vespa rides and shit. And there's this, you know, cont this contest or whatever, this little race they're doing and shit. I don't know. It was, it was fine. It was a fun, cute movie, but it just, it, you're right. It didn't have like that Pixar sheen on, exactly. on it. Yeah. Right. It just didn't feel like. It was fun though. It's not a terrible movie. Not a terrible not movie. And I had fun watching it. But as you know, if I'm fucking, if I'm rating, ranking this with other Pixar movies, it's a, it's a solid taste. It. So, Nana, what'd you think about Luca? Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you guys. It's a taste. It, but I, I, I did enjoy this a little bit more than I did Raider Lost Dragon. Um, I just felt that. Are we are we in spoilers now, or are we just general? Uh, it's pretty new. I mean, if you're gonna. Give a spoiler, at least give a spoiler warning. This is not Scenic Cast where we fucking go into full spoilers. So, and I love Scenic Cast. I'm actually going to be on Scenic Cast tomorrow, but it's not Scenic Cast where we get full spoilers on things. Well, it's just like how the story developed towards the end improved the overall story. I think if we didn't get that little twist, so to speak, I would have given us a lower rating. Uh, it was literally a fish out of war story. Um, the the sea monsters looked across between the little uh, a mermaid and um, that weird thing from The Shape of Water. <laughs> I, you know, the, the, the sea monsters that you see in this, they look like a loofah that I would rub on my ball sack. <laughs> oh, wow. The entire movie, I wanted to take Luca and I wanted to just rub him all over my nut sack and to clean Jesus. my balls. <laughs> Luca loofah. I mean. Luca loofah. Jake, you figured it out. <laughs> the tops of their heads look like loofahs, dude. I just wanted to rub my butthole with one of them. <laughs> Jake, would you would you buy a Luca Lufa? 
Yeah, I think I would. <laughs> you would rub that kid's face on your ball sack? <laughs> well, it wouldn't be the actual kid. It'd be like a product. <laughs> no, it's the kid's face. Jake, if they made a loofah to look like my face, it would be my face on your nut sack. <laughs> You're selling me against this now. <laughs> the sea monster version, but not the human version. <laughs> No, of course. That's what I'm asking. I'm not asking for you to rub the human, the human version of this kid's face on your dick. <laughs> what the fuck, Jake? He had some moisturizing hair. You never know. Oh my god! Uh, did, did, did Luca remind anyone a little bit of like Tom Holland if he was animated? Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Nana, for changing the subject. Thank you. <laughs> Rebecca, what did you think about Luca? And would you use a Luca Lufa? A Luca Lufa. You know, I'm uncomfortable with having a child's face. Like that. Um, I don't think I would. Um, if it was like a generic, like no face and just like the like the fins and stuff, then yes, I would. If the package um, said random sea monster, <laughs> I would use it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Right. I, I would not feel uncomfortable. Right. Right. I wouldn't have the dilemma that Jake had. <laughs> will he, will I, will I or won't I? I knew exactly which version I would buy. <laughs> wow. You know, I, I, um, I, I was afraid I was going to get on this podcast and be like the Debbie Downer for this movie. I thought you all were going to Tupperware it. And I'm really glad because I also am going to give it a middle of the road taste it. Um, I, I thought the colors. I love how Nana's excited for a taste it party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, people agree with me. <laughs> yes, I, I did kind of have that moment just now. Um, but yeah, like, I, I will try for where, like, how how the movie looks, like, in the, like, like the color saturation of it, I thought was absolutely beautiful. I really love that a lot. Um, I, I think my my biggest thing from keeping this from getting any higher than a, a taste it is that the story is so paid by numbers. It mm-hmm. is... I mean, it's like, it's, it's like the little mermaid in a lot of ways. I mean, that's the first thing that came into my head. Um, that this was j- like almost a retelling of the little mermaid. And, and, you know, as soon as he made friends with, uh, this other kid, Alberto, and then they meet the little girl, I, I knew exactly how the rest of the movie was going to go. Like it, it was, it's just, comp- you could see the ending from a mile away. And I guess like, if you have kids, like, I think this is a great movie to put on and the kids will love it because it does like all these Pixar movies have a really beautiful, sweet message to be true to yourself and, and be who you want to be. And, and you should accept other people, even if they're different from you. And those are all important things that kids and adults sometimes need reminding of but other than that like the story itself was just so predictable and it really I felt like for as much work as I'm sure went into this movie like the story's not original like at all and, <laughs> Rebecca's uh, just like instead of just dropping this on Disney Plus they should have dropped it on fucking Crackle <laughs> 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 Or, or 
at least, I don't know, make the movie a little, I don't know, just maybe make it a little bit more original. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, that's really like my biggest gripe with this movie. And, um, I did think like, like, and even like the music or the soundtrack didn't stand out to me. And usually like in these Disney or, or, or in, in these Pixar films, I, I love the music. I think it's so great. And, and it had its moments. Again, it had like, I loved that these boys were obsessed. They wanted to buy a Vespa and they thought there was a Mr. Vespa. I, I mean, that's cute. It's adorable. And I can absolutely see if you've got kids, throw this movie on. The kids will leave you alone for an hour and a half. Like, absolutely. But if you're like an adult who likes Pixar films and you're going to sit down and watch this movie, I just feel like it's going to be disappointing. Yeah, yeah, it was a taste. For, I, and I love Jacob Tremblay. I love. Oh I, yeah, he's he's great. I thought the voice acting was great. Yeah, um, and Jack Dylan Grazer is fantastic. Oh, so. absolutely. I loved I loved how he tried to bluff his way through all the stuff that he didn't know. Um, <laughs> but again, how it that's no different than like in The Little Mermaid with like the the bird who pretends to know what everything is and tells Ariel that like oh a fork is what you 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 use it to comb your hair and 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 this and that. Like it, it was so similar. It's it's like so hard not to draw the lines between those two stories and What if, what if what if Luca had had just been harpooned through his head and died. We're like, <laughs> I would have been shocked. And the mo- you know, and then the movie just ends. <laughs> With that, sinking to the Wait, bottom of the sea. <laughs> what if they harpoon Luca, and then the next scene is everybody's having sushi? That's that's. Oh my god! I would have loved if they would have harpooned Luca, and the next scene we get is that fucking guy with. The, the the father with one arm just rubbing Luca on his balls <laughs> in in the shower. <laughs> That's how you conquer a sea monster. <laughs> yeah, Jake, what do you think about Luca? I mean, first and foremost, I couldn't be helped but reminded of me and Brian's upcoming Snorks recap podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just, so, I, excuse me, Jake. Let's a hey, let's do the plug. It's called Snorkisborg. <laughs> right, <laughs> coming soon to Apple Podcast and, and all mediums. Um, yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I hate to say this because I hate to uh, cheer Nana up, but yeah, I'm right there. It's a, it's a, it's a taste it for me as well. Hey. Um, uh, Nana is so excited for the taste it party. I know, I know. He's been waiting for a taste it party for a long time. Um, you know who else was waiting for a taste it party? Was the dad who had one arm that's rubbing Luca on his dick. Oh no! Oh, God. My first note for this movie was very charming but very predictable. I'm right there with Rebecca. Like it's mm-hmm. like you were eight steps ahead of this movie from the jump. There was never a moment that was surprising or shocking whatsoever um it never had that like pixar pull at your heartstrings moment either like i i there's very few pixar movies that can't get me all welled up and bawling at some point and this is one of those that really never even came close to achieving that um the voice acting was very good the characters were very charming and fun um i think my favorite character was the character they mistook for senior vespa kind of the villain of the story i thought that character was absolutely hilarious um 
but yeah, I I loved the music. I'll disagree with Rebecca on that. The music was one of my favorite things about the movie. I liked that it was like actual Italian pop songs mostly instead of like brand new created songs. I thought that was fun to hear that kind of music. Um, but yeah, I don't know if it's indicative of why this isn't behind a paywall or didn't come out in the theater, if maybe Disney themselves weren't as enthralled by this as you know other Pixar movies but yeah I, it seems like it was probably the right move that this this very possibly could have been a flop if it was behind a paywall or in the theaters oh god so. ha- having to pay 30 bucks to watch this fucking shit without the kid getting harpooned I would have no I'm out <laughs> yeah I feel like I feel like I would have been more angry I mean much like Mulan once you pay that 30 bucks you kind of oh, have a certain stress. expectation and it's a little bit even more disappointing when you don't get an A-plus movie when you're behind that $30 paywall. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, that may have put me in an even worse move and rated this even lower. But, yeah, I don't think I'll be revisiting this anytime soon. Man, Black Widow's box office is going to be weird with the $30 paywall. It will be weird, but it's kind of been proven with a lot of these movies that like it doesn't necessarily affect it too much like the more people that watch it at home seemingly the more people that watch it in the theaters at least that's how the hbo max warner brothers experience has been like the movie that's been watched the least on hbo max also made the least in the theater and the movie that was watched the most on hbo max you know made the most in theater so i don't know i i think excitement is is excitement I don't think the $30 paywall is going to cut too much in the Black Widow. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I feel a lot of those same people that are, are going to order it at home are, are never going to go to the movie theater in the first place. That's true. I, I, well, I think it, I think it's, uh, uh, I think it kind of like makes sense, I guess, for families to watch it at home for the $30. Uh, me on the flip side, you know, if like, especially if you have a list or something like that. It just makes sense to see it in the theater. It's going to be cheaper for me. So. Oh, yeah, completely. Especially if you're seeing it in IMAX. I mean, you see two IMAX movies on A-list, and you've already paid for it and more. Oh, God, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, unless, I mean, I could see, like, a movie blowing my socks off, and, like, I have to see this movie, like, ten more times in the next two weeks. Maybe then I would, like, succumb to the paywall, but not first. Thank God I didn't pay $30 for Luca. Oh. Yeah. oh yeah yeah we i definitely would have hoped we would have shared the uh the bite on that one uh nana guess what we're going to be talking about next dude wait whoa whoa whoa, whoa. could i just quickly just say while we're talking about animation and disney plus yeah uh, if if you want something good to watch and different and unique i would highly recommend short circuit it's um i think it's 14 different directors doing like three four minute different um like pixar shorts that they do at the beginning um in different art styles um that is a much better thing to watch and again it's you know you can probably look out in about 45 minutes it's called short circuit and it's not about johnny five being alive <laughs> no it's not <laughs> Ah, fuck it, I'm out. I, I want <laughs> Jake. Anything called short circuit, I gotta watch. It, 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 it's gotta be Johnny Five being alive. Yeah, input. <laughs> Dude, I loved that when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, I loved it too. I did that joke so many times as like an eight year old, like slipping to the book and going input. 
<laughs> Jay, you still do that to this day. Yes, yes. <laughs> like you did that when when you re- when you reviewed the Lone Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a good point. <laughs> Long time listeners will get that joke. Um Nana, Still one of the smartest decisions of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Nana, let's talk about Too Hot to Handle season two. Yes. Oh, I knew this would get you excited. Uh, too Hot to Handle season two is about uh, meeting and mingling in paradise. Sexy singles face a hundred thousand dollar celibacy challenge. This is season two, and so basically, what it is is they have a bunch of hot, sexy, young 20-somethings meet on this island, and they think they are going to be on a reality show where they're going to be able to party and drink and hook up. And then it turns out they're on Too Hot to Handle, which is a show where there's $100,000 at stake. And if you kiss, if you if there's heavy petting or sex, money is taken out of the pot and so people can get very upset when they lose money, but people are also super horny on this fucking show. <laughs> and so, uh, you have people losing money on this show and, uh, we've got a whole new group of people in this new second season. And, uh, I, Jake, I'm unashamed to say that I loved the first season of Too Hot to Handle and, uh, could not wait for the second season. I, I look forward to this one just as much, maybe a little bit less, maybe than the circle. I, I, I love Too Hot to Handle. Yeah, I, I thought the first season was a lot of fun. I haven't got a chance to watch the second season yet. Um, yeah, I just, it's just such a hilarious premise on paper. Like the idea that they're going to dangle all this money in front of your face, but you're so fucking horny. You're going to throw <laughs> this money away. It's, it's such a great premise for one of these like scummy reality TV shows. Like I can't look away. It's like one of those awesome kind of train wrecks. I have to, I have to watch this. <laughs> Paul, did you watch season one? I sure did. In fact, I watched it, uh, with Nana on a uh, Netflix watch party. Yeah, we did. Oh no shit. Yeah, uh, Jess Candelori, Nana, and myself, we, we, we sat there and we binged the whole first season together. Look at you guys being all fucking like, <laughs> not That was a great time because- Yeah, why didn't you include me and Jake in that shit? Uh, I think we you weren't, guys were we weren't horny enough for that watch. <laughs> yeah, you guys weren't horny enough. <laughs> me and Jake were too busy fucking each other. Lana <laughs> said not to. Lana <laughs> <laughs> said not to. <laughs> Oh, it was a great, it was a great first season. Um, yeah. I watched everything that they put out for this second season. And when you talk about guilty pleasures, this is, this is right up there. And they really amped it up of, of really like antagonizing these people to want to fuck to, you, you know, to the point where they got like a fake game show host. Oh, I know. <laughs> Nana, I know you fucking love this show, dude. What, 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 are, your, what are your thoughts on season two so far? Season, season two gets a Tupperware. Um, this is going to be the first time, and it's not going to be the last time in the episode, I'm going to be a little bit pissed off at you. Like, I was so excited that you dropped this on the, the list, and then it was only four episodes, and I was fuming because I wanted to see it all there and then. Like, they left it in a, a very nice cliffhanger. Um, and you're mad at and, me? 
Yes, because, because I was like, why why would you put it in a list and it's not Because I was like, where did Netflix tell you this model? I went episode four and it stopped. And I was like, what's going on? Like, I even messaged you, be like, what the fuck, dude? Like, <laughs> dude, that's, I, 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 fuck you, Nana. My, you act like my name is Mr. Hold on. You act like my name is Mr. Netflix. Like I had any control of this. Good going, Brian. I, I, I was just like, I can't believe they've only released four episodes and we got to wait till next week to get the, I'm assuming the next four. Uh, <laughs> I love how I'm being blamed for this. Fuck you, Brian. God, Brian, release them all at once. Nana needs this shit. <laughs> I, I definitely do, man. Um, they've, obviously made, <laughs> they've obviously made some changes to season one. Yeah. I, I want to say that season one, they had some rings that if, you know, they're on their best behavior, they were starting to build up a relationship, they were given like a window where they could kiss and do stuff without losing money. Um, I believe that Melinda right now is stealing the show. Um, she is so entertaining. She cracks the most jokes. Um, Dude, what, what about Peter? What about fucking Peter? Fucking like oh, making out with Carly? He's a snake. He's a snake. <laughs> oh my snake. Listen, yeah. If, if, if I was if I, if I was Mar- Marvin, yeah. When I came in and he was on that bed with Melinda. I would have grabbed him by his ankles and dashed him out that bed. Dude, dude, whatever. Dude, Marvin, Marvin was trying to get with Emily there for a little bit, man. Yeah, but that's because Melinda kissed Peter in, on, on day one. Oh no, Marvin, Marvin, Marvin was like, Marvin was like, I'm gonna keep my options open. I'm gonna keep my options open. And so he starts making a, he starts making a play at Emily. And then, and then, and then, uh, fucking, Melinda sees that shit, and then she's like, "Okay, well, I'm gonna get him jealous," and so she makes out with Peter. No, that was before. So, in, so they on episode one, they had a talk on the beach where Emily and um, Cam were kissing, and then when it came to when they were all dressed up as animals, she was like, "Oh, I know what's gonna make Marvin jealous." So then she kissed Peter that first. Time. Oh yeah, and that's when, right. When she, then when she went on, Marvin went and just sucked her face like an animal. I was like, yeah. That's not a kiss. Alright, so yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I love the games that they, them two are playing. It's not a nice game, but it's entertaining. Yeah. I don't normally watch trash TV, but this shit I can't stop watching. And I'm praying, yeah, that we get Kells from season one comes onto the island. I want him, Jesus, and Chloe to come back. Oh yeah. Oh, I'd love Chloe back. Um, I do love, I love trash TV. I love trash TV. I'm not embarrassed to say it. I love all the trash. Give me all the, I'm like, I'm like fucking, I'm like a raccoon when it comes to trash TV. <laughs> Give me all the, Jake, I love trash TV. I love it trashy. The, oh, me the, too, me too. The trashier, the better. <laughs> I, that shit up and feed it to me. I want to dumpster dive for all my television. So I love this shit, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm obsessed with this show. Paul, I, I give it a Tupperware. I fucking love it. I mean, like, like I can't relate to any of these people. They're all just like, uh, like, you know, I, I can't relate. I, there's, there's not at all. Not at all. I, I, you know, I, um, well, you could relate with Cam a little bit because Cam's a nerd. You know, he's into his Lord of the Rings. Oh, uh, Cam's a, Cam is, he's full of shit when it comes to that nerd shit, man. Yeah. You like Lord of the Rings, dude. Whatever, dude. Whatever. He's got Lord of the Rings tattoos. That doesn't prove shit. That doesn't fucking prove shit. I think he's a fucking poser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
plenty of people have fucking Superman tattoos and shit that don't know shit about shit. Yeah, how many people have that fucking <laughs> Punisher fucking logo on their fucking Ford truck? So get the fuck out of here. <laughs> They're just big jigsaw fans. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Paul, are you, are you digging? Are you digging season two? Oh my god, I love it. I'm, <laughs> I'm in it to win it, man. I was so excited when the kids fell asleep. So like, oh, put this shit on, man. Like, this is fucking great. Like, I made the mistake. I was doing laundry and I put on another trash show. I put on The Bachelor. And they said something about sex, and my daughter comes in. She goes, "What is that?" I'm like, "Okay, you need to go downstairs. <laughs> Fuck this! Like, we're going back to Luca." So I had to wait till they went to bed because if they were asking that during the Bachelor, I can't even imagine what the fuck they try to ask during this show. But I am all for this. I love like you're right. I can't relate to these really buff, attractive people in their 20s that just can fuck anything they want. Like, so it's fun to kind of watch them do their thing but then like to just get cock blocked by that air purifier <laughs> best yeah. like i just i don't know i'm I, i'm all for it i can't mm. wait i think i think netflix said uh next week is is like the rest of the season yeah yeah but, i think you're right are you gonna allow that brian <laughs> i don't know i don't know nana i don't know if i'm gonna release the last half of this season just because of the way you've been treating me on this episode i'm not sure <laughs> I might hold that. I might hold those last four episodes to myself. <laughs> Do you guys feel that Lana's a lot more sassy in season two? Dude, she's gotta be, cause like everybody's all, dude, everybody's horned up this season. Like nobody, nobody's learning any lessons. Everybody just is like trying to fuck each other, except for, uh, what's her name? Larissa. I don't think anybody, ex- uh, maybe Cowboy. Uh, she's, she's gonna be with the British guy. Um, Cow, uh, Nathan. Uh, the cowboy, the London cowboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would love to see the casting and interview process for the people that they get for this show. I would love to see those tapes. <laughs> you know who's like the most super boring person on this show is Kayla. Yeah. Well, she's pretty though. Yeah, yeah, but she's. I'm talking about like. And she might be an interesting person, but like she's doing nothing in the show that is exciting. Well, they're gonna, well, again, spoilers for anyone that's not seen it. In episode four, they're about to cut some people from the show. Yeah, yeah. So she might be for the chop. I yeah. thought, because well, when I saw that there was going to be a season two, my first question was, how are you going to get people on this show without telling them that they're on too much handle? You got to lie like, about what show. Yeah, they told them they're on parties on parties in paradise. Yeah. And it was nice that most of them watched season one, so most of them were like, oh, Fuck. Oh, fuck. We are screwed. But then some of them were like, well, actually, we know how this game is played because you watch season one. So, and then they flipped out that now the prize pot is not going to be split by everyone. So now they don't know exactly how the pot's going to get split. So it's, it's, it's different to season one. And they've added new elements to it. So I'm just looking to see what else they add. And like I said, I really do hope we get some char- some of the people from season one coming to the island and competing. Two of my favorite parts in this new season two is Emily giving Cam a hand job under the covers and <laughs> you get to see the covers moving as she's jerking him off. And then the other part was when, but he didn't come apparently. He didn't climax. Mm. And so later on, he's got to come so much that he convinces, oh, he, he says he's going to go in the shower and jerk off, Jake. He's going to go in the shower and jerk off. And he's got two guys 
standing guard as he's in the shower and jerking off. And he convinces them that this is an investment that <laughs> if he jerks off now, it's going to save him from having sex in the future. So it's an investment. This truly is the golden age of television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, Appointment I, TV. I cracked up when Chase and, um, Carla were having like a really serious conversation and then a friggin' what was it a moth? Oh, it was that cockroach. Yeah, cockroach landed on his face. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that shit was funny as hell. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Guys, let's talk about the ice road on Netflix. Ooh. After. Whoa, whoa. I'm after pull a Kanye right here, dude. I thought you canceled this. No, we did the ice road. I put the ice road on. No, I canceled the other show, which was, uh, the Cho show. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> the Cho show came out today, so we didn't have time to watch it. Jeez, Nana, who the, dude, let's watch it right now. He's, he's upset. <laughs> no, let's talk. We were talking about, you sent me a message saying the ice road is on Amazon Prime in the UK. Yes. And I was like, yeah, I watched it. Yes. Uh, only thing I won't get to is the show shirt, and you're like, oh, okay, I screwed up there. <laughs> <laughs> you watched the Ice Road. Why are we even having this conversation? <laughs> what the fuck, <laughs> dude? I was, cause I was like, hold on, I watched this. Why is he catching it? What the fuck, Brian? <laughs> God damn it. Can I get, hey, Nana, have I done anything right this entire episode? Of course, of course. I, honestly, the only thing I the only thing I done wrong was I asked you to come on. <laughs> Jeez, I feel like I'm on the ice road now. Oh, Jesus. After a remote diamond mine collapses in the far northern regions of Canada, an ice driver leads an implausible rescue mission over a frozen ocean to save the lives of trapped miners despite thawing waters and a threat they never see coming. It's written and directed by Jonathan Hensley and stars Liam Neeson, Lawrence Fishburne, Benjamin Walker, Amber, Amber Midthunder. Remember her, Jake, from uh, Legion? Mm-hmm. She played Carrie Loudermilk. Marcus Thomas Holt McCallany, Martin Sensmeyer, Matt McCoy, and Matt Salinger in supporting roles. Man, what a, so that supporting cast. Woo! 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 Marcus Thomas, man. What a, what a clinic he put on in this movie. <laughs> I don't even know who the fuck Marcus <laughs> Thomas is, Jake. I want. Who did he? Oh, he played. He played Gertie, the brother, Gertie McCann. Um, (laughs) Truck, 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 (laughs) truck. (laughs) Jake, Jake. What the fuck, fuck, fuck? Oh my god. Uh, uh, oh, Rebecca. Yeah. We were talking off air and you said, yeah, I mean, you know, my, my number one movie, uh, coming out this year is, uh, is Shang-Chi. But then you also said my number two movie is The Ice Road. So how did this <laughs> was a number two that is uh, <laughs> um quick question can Liam Neeson only make snow movies now is is this a law like he did that other movie about the snow plow and now this is the ice road like 
is he not allowed to make warm movies anymore? Yeah. Only, only cold movies for cold oh, okay. okay, okay. That's like, um, I mean, I don't know. This movie is like exactly what you think it is. It's trucks on crap. I, I just, it's, it's far too long though. It's like an hour and 49 minutes and it felt like twice that long. <laughs> um, and it's, I, I don't know. This, it, this is, I, I can't even give it a taste. I, I guess, Maybe a little. No, fuck it. I'm gonna toss this movie. It's not even, <laughs> I talked myself down to a toss it. Um, I mean, Liam Neeson is Liam Neeson, right? You know what to expect. The whole storyline with the brother, um, from the get, I was very confused about what was really going on because, like, there's a scene where like he takes his brother to the hospital, like, to be evaluated, and like the doctor wants to give him medication because the brother has PTSD from fighting in some war, and it gave him aphasia. Okay, like these are real medical conditions. Okay, that that's fine. And then he's like, Liam Neeson's like all mad, like he slaps the pills, and he's like, "What are you doing, giving him this medication?" Wait till I tell the media how you're treating American war heroes. And I'm like, I don't understand. He's giving him stuff to help him with his anxiety. What is the problem here? It, it was very, very strange to me. Um, and it's, it's, uh, everybody's Canadian. They're all super polite and they're always like, oh, sorry. And, and, uh, oh, are you going to be a boat over there? Like, it's just, <laughs> just hilarious. Um, yeah, I mean, this, I, it's just too, too long, this movie. It's exactly what you think it is. It's exactly the way you think it's going to go. I guess if you have, like, nothing else to do and you want to put something on in the background, put this movie on. But I don't think you should, like, sit down and, like, purposely watch it. <laughs> that's a terrible thing to say, but that's my rating. Uh, Paul, would you did you watch The Ice Road, Paul? I did. I did watch The Ice Road. Um, did you did I you was, did your daughter watch the trailer for this one? And she says, "I want to watch this now." And you were like, <laughs> "We can." Yeah, and then I watched, and I sent her to her mom's house for bad taste. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, um, I I'm gonna toss this, but goddamn, it's the same reason why I love Street Fighter. Like this was so bad, I was laughing my ass off. <laughs> The entire time, the, the special effects were terrible. The acting was terrible, but everyone was committing so hard to it. Like, and especially like the end or like there's a, there's a really awesome climatic battle where a semi truck cab is going maybe five miles an hour on the ice with nobody in it and two people are fighting each other to get into this truck. I just, it was terrible, but I loved every minute of it. It's it's a toss it, but goddamn if it didn't entertain the shit out of me. Oh my god, Jake! That, that may be the weirdest toss it I've ever heard. That is the weirdest toss it. Hey, I mean, like technically, it's a terrible movie. Like I would never recommend anybody to watch it, but I know that I have a weird thing with terrible movies that I find some weird enjoyment. But I just know it's a bad movie. Okay, I'll accept it. Thank you. <laughs> Jake, did you watch the Ice Road? I forgot. 
I did watch The Ice Road. Um, <laughs> I actually enjoyed this movie way more than I had any right to. Like, I, I agree that it's a terrible movie and the premise is absolutely ridiculous, <laughs> but I'll be damned if I didn't have a really fun time watching it. I, I, like Paul, was cracking up at many a scene. I thought Lawrence Fishburne's character was absolutely hilarious. Like, you knew, you knew he was going to bite the dust first. Like, you were always kind of way ahead. Spoilers! Of Spoilers. <laughs> you love to spoil shit. I do love to spoil shit. Um, but yeah, I'm going to give this a high taste it. And I oh my God. I will watch this, um, you know, under a certain pretense that, you know, it's a terrible movie. But man, I, I'd be lying if I said I didn't have a really fun time watching this movie. Uh, I did not have fun watching this movie's garbage. Yeah, this movie's pretty fucking terrible. I'm going to give it a toss it. I, I, it was stupid as shit. <laughs> it was stupid as shit. It was fucking terrible. The ice road. I mean, why couldn't it just be a movie where they're having a hard time, you know, uh, getting these trucks across this, this ice road to get this, uh, this gigantic, uh, I guess, what is it? These drills, these drill bits. Wellheads. Well Wellheads over to, you know, to, to, to where these miners are trapped. It's no, they got to throw in a villain and all these people that are trying to kill them and sabotage them. And I just thought that that was stupid as fuck. Just have a, just have like, why can't it be man versus the elements in nature? It's called the, <laughs> why can't it be that? Why does it have, why do you have to throw in all this other bullshit? Like nature, why can't nature just be violent enough? No, they can't have nature just be violent enough. You gotta have fucking all these people trying to kill them and this conspiracy and lies and all this other bullshit. And it was stupid as fuck. And this movie was dumb as shit. Yeah, it had way too much going on. I thought the storyline with all the miners and whether or not they were going to kill each other (laughs) was also hilarious and unneeded. It was like, yeah, how much plot do you need? And apparently you need a lot to... Yeah, I, the camera shots were so ridiculous. I was cracking up. I loved the under the ice shots of the ice cracking to add suspense to the, to the viewer. Oh man, I, this was ridiculous fun to me. I love how it took his brother 27 minutes to shut a gate. <laughs> it took his life. Yeah, he was doing his best Hodor impression. I, oh my god! I thought the same thing, dude. I was like, "Hold the door! Hold the door!" Hold the door. That's hilarious! That's hilarious. I, I felt like with all of the under the under the ice shots that we got, like they should have just gone full blast, and they should have thrown in like Sharktopus or something here. Like that at least would have made me probably love this movie for how ridiculous it was. But I feel like that was, like, maybe a missed opportunity to throw a little, you know, sci-fi ridiculous creature of the week in here. Maybe fucking Lawrence Fishburne could have came back as, like, <laughs> the White Walker or something, oh you know? God. That would have been crazy. <laughs> this movie was fucking garbage. Who didn't get to rate this fucking thing? Was it you, Nana? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm not gonna lie, I'm signing with Jake on this, so I'm gonna give this a high taste Oh god. <laughs> I had a lot of fun of it, it was stupid. Uh, I do agree with you, Brian, that it would have been much better if they just allowed it to be a race against time, you know, the ice. Yeah. Um, yeah. The insurance, the insurance guy was just 
obvious the bad guy from the beginning because it just didn't make any sense for him to be there. Um, but it just added to the elements. But also as well, like, I don't understand why it's always got to be Liam Neeson. Like, isn't this guy, like, 95 right now? He's, like, just an old dude. Can't they just get, like, a younger actor to be in his roles and make the movies so that the action scenes are more believable? I don't know, man. When he punched that guy with a thermos, I was sold. <laughs> that was the fake out. You thought it was going to be the thermos, but it was a jab. Oh, God. The ice road is absolute garbage. Let's talk I about love when Mike, I love when Mike and Tantu made up. I thought that was one of the most hilarious scenes. It was like, are we friends now? Yep, we're friends now. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about, let's move on to our next movie here. It's a false positive on, uh, Hulu. Lucy and, uh, you didn't, did you, you didn't get a chance to watch this one, did you, Nana? Oh, no, I watched false positive as well. Oh, you did? Okay, Lucy and Adrian find their dream fertility doctor and the illustrious Dr. Hindle. But after becoming pregnant, Lucy begins to notice something sinister behind Hindle's charm, and she sets out to uncover the unsettling truth about him. It stars uh, Justin Theroux, Pierce Brosnan, Sophia Bush, and who's the main actor in this one? What's her name, Glazer? Ilana Glazer. What's her name, Ilana Glazer? Mm-hmm. All right. Would you eat a... Ilana Glazer Donut? Yeah, totally. I love glazed donuts, goddammit. Oh, they are delicious. They are good, aren't they? Krispy Kreme glazed donuts are the best donut on the planet. Anybody can fight me who doesn't agree with that statement. Yeah, melt in your mouth. It's a true statement. They're really good. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know what's not good? This movie, though. This movie was absolutely terrible. I hated this fucking movie. I just kept wanting it something interesting and, and, uh, I don't know. There's a, there's a bunch of shit that happens in this movie and it's all fucked up and weird. And there's a scene of, uh, Justin Throw blowing Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> Spoilers. I thought I was the spoiler guy. Uh, you give up major things, like major. <laughs> I was being sarcastic, to be fair. No one died in that blowing scene. Like, you always give away the characters that die in stuff. And it goes back to Han dies. You love to give away deaths in movie. That's probably it, one of you guys' greatest episodes. Well, the thing is, like, during this scene where Justin Theroux is blowing Pierce Brosnan, Pierce Brosnan doesn't die. <laughs> yeah, Justin Theroux's no good. A blowjob should not kill you, Jake. <laughs> I don't know what Jake, well, I don't know what you constitute as a good blowjob, but you come out alive on the other end of a good blowjob, Jake. It should be like fucking Flatliners. That should be like Keith or Sutherland and have a near-death experience and visit the fucking other realm and then come back. Oh my god, what? that's a nightmare of a blowjob, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, I saw God during our blowjob because I literally fucking died. I flatlined. No, no. Yeah, he said, "He said, ooh, nasty." 
I hated this movie. This movie, oh, this movie was the worst. Can I piggyback? Yes. <laughs> if, if it wasn't boring, it was disturbing, but it was never both at the same time. Like it was, oh my God, I was so disturbed by this movie. There's a fucking scene. Fuck it. I'm spoiling it. There's a scene where the fucking, she's her dead baby. She's breastfeeding her dead baby at the end. It moves. It's like it an animatronic. It, it comes back to life. Oh my god! Yeah, she has the most fucked up dreams. Either she dreams her fucking husband is blowjobbing her, de- her fertility doctor, or she's dreaming her fucking dead infant baby is breastfeeding on her. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Talk about mommy brain! Holy shit! Oh my god, Rebecca, did you watch this? I did. You wouldn't watch Too Hot to Handle, but you'll watch this fucking garbage. What did you think? Listen, I read the synopsis for Too Hot to Handle and I noped out. I was like, fuck no. You know why, Rebecca? Because it was just too hot to handle for you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy, that's so funny. Oh, excuse me if I didn't get the seal of approval with humor for you, Rebecca. But I hope you laughed your ass off throughout this fucking movie. Okay, well, I didn't. Um, here's the weird thing about this movie. I mean, it is terrible. I'm not going to disagree. But the, the weird thing about this movie is it actually tries to tackle, like, really important and interesting things. Like, they ta- they're tackling, you know, the whole idea of, like, women struggling and being pregnant in the workplace. And then women who choose to, to stay at home. And then they're, the idea of, like, oh, I can't get pregnant. I'm, but I'm, I, as a woman, that's like, oh my gosh, that's so definitive for me as a person. Like, I should be able to, like, it, and then it's, but then it goes in. That's cool. One. Do that shit in a good movie. Exactly. No, exactly. But like it, it, it takes on too much because it takes on all of those issues. Plus it, it takes on the fact that she clearly is like hallucinating a lot of things, but I felt like that wasn't ever fully explained or maybe it was just meant to be like these were her expectations or her her worst fears. Like even when she meets with the midwife, right? And in her in her mind or when she meets with the midwife, she sees her as like wearing like very sort of like traditional African clothes. And like, she has like masks on the wall. And then when she meets with her again, post birth, she's like, this office is so different. Didn't you have masks on the wall and your hair is different. And she's like, I am not your magical negress. Like I, I I like that. It took that on as like, I like that it tried to take on all of these things, but then for all of that, for the one twist to be like, oh, this doctor thinks he has superior genes, so he's the one who's impregnating all these women with his jizz. And I was like, really? You introduce all of these really important things, and then that's the twist? I... I this movie falls flat on on every level, and it's a shame because it could have been a really interesting movie about any one of those topics. And, uh, yeah, if I have to hear the phrase mommy brain again, I'm going to I'm gonna punch somebody in the face. Oh, my God. Oh, it's uh, so annoying. But, yeah, I, I tossed this movie. I... I Mostly hated it, but I did have a really interesting conversation about this movie with Melissa Sloter by text, which was more oh, wow. enjoyable 
than watching the movie. So I, I guess that's the only benefit from all of this. This movie was poop. It was terrible. Uh, <laughs> Nana, what'd you think about this movie? Um, I, I'll give you a low taste there. I didn't, I didn't hate it as much as you guys. Um, what? Initially, I was a little bit concerned because I felt it was going to be a horror movie, and I am a bitch when it comes to horrors. I don't like to watch them. Um, so when it turned out to be more this like weird thriller thing, um, you know, I was a little bit more at ease. I I was like saying that this movie's one again is on the category of like it's so bad that it's good. There was like a lot of funny moments, like say for example, um, when Pierce Brosnan was just like lubing up the clamp, like he was proper like playing with it and like giving all these smilish <laughs> yeah you, that sick, was so um, terrible yeah <laughs> these little sicko faces and then when the um when adrian was going to um deposit his sperm he was watching like some kinky porn and i was just like okay i don't know if that would have been the, the the like i ain't kink shaming but it was just like an interesting choice of porn to show and then Within 10 seconds, like, at the moment he went to see the doctor, I immediately said, oh, he's playing a version of, of himself inside. So it went, like, it wasn't really a twist. I think you could see that from a mile away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, at one point, I thought that the, you know when um, she heard a knock and the husband came yes! out? Yes! I thought the husband got swapped. I thought the husband had been cloned. And, he, <laughs> it, 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 and <laughs> when he was coming out of the darkness, it was gonna be a, we were going to find out it was a different husband. Because that sex scene that took place after that moment, yeah, was very awkward. Like, she she wasn't into it. And it seemed like, you know, she was having sex with a different person. And someone that she wasn't familiar yeah. with. Um, but, like, but, like, the movie also introduces this whole thing of, like, she's some part of some experimental thing. But that that wasn't the case at all. Like, it, that would have been more interesting. But they didn't do that with this well, movie. Well, I, I, I thought the experimental thing was the fact that he's using a different version of IVF. But with that, he's implanting, in a sense, himself into her. We don't, like, I never got the fact that he was implying all the women with his clone. I just took it out. It was, it was him. Um, was her oh, and God, him. we're spoiling the shit out of a shitty movie right now. But, like, okay, well, if, if it was only her, why did he have, like, 8,000 vials of his jizz in the fridge? He, he, was doing, he wasn't doing that just to her. He was, it was doing every that to every woman Everybody. that came in there was getting little Pierce Brosnan babies. That's that's what was happening. Hey, Paul, what did you think about this really... shitty movie? <laughs> I, I fucking hated this. I took a shower after I watched this. This, this was the dumbest thing I've watched in such a long time. It was, I, I found no entertainment in it. It was just, and I really like her. I, I loved her from the show Broad City. Mm-hmm, but, me too. Me but too. man, this was just awful. The acting was bad. The story was stupid. Yeah. I just felt, I, I felt dirty and I felt wrong for even watching this. So I just like at two in the morning, I just topped in the shower. I didn't know what God, to do. Damn. Yeah. I kept. I kept pausing it and turning it back on. Like it took me so many times to get through this fucking shit show. It was fucking garbage. <laughs> I'll tell you one part that legitimately made me laugh though was when uh, she attacked the nurse with the uh, what vagina baster. <laughs> oh my she god! Made, she made the gag reflex joke. <laughs> <laughs> That was so weird. It was so out of tone for the movie. Like it was yes. just this one like weird comedic moment in the movie. <laughs> Didn't it? Wasn't this an A twenty four film too? 
Yes, yes. I'm so disappointed. I feel like calling A24 and being like, how dare you? Oh what God. are you doing over there? This is not what I expect from A24. No. It's not. This is no, terrible. It, 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 it takes Hulu a step back, too, because one of their last uh, thriller movies was that Sarah Paulson one called Run, which was actually really good. And now this movie kind of takes any credit away from any movies they put on now. Yeah. Another thing is I was so bored during this movie that I started to hate Hulu because I realized that they're the only <laughs> streaming service that puts their fucking logo on the bottom right of the screen and like bold white lettering. And it's like, <laughs> listen, Hulu, I, I'm paying for this shit. I'm watching this movie. I wouldn't be otherwise. You can knock it off, man. Get your fucking logo off the screen. This isn't fucking channel surfing. What the fuck? You don't see Netflix pulling that bullshit. God damn, this took you to some really <laughs> aggressive places, Jay. <laughs> Maybe bad. I had nothing better to think about than the annoying Hulu logo. I don't need like to look at a fetus sucking on a woman's tit with the Hulu logo on the baby. This is yeah, fuck off. Didn't, at least he didn't get mad at you about it. <laughs> oh my god yeah, Brian I wish you would have released this in fucking four parts Nana I had nothing to do with this <laughs> Guys let's talk about Fathom on Apple TV Plus this is a documentary uh, that dropped uh, Dr. Michelle Fournay and Dr. Ellen Garland lead research on humpback whales in Alaska and Scotland, respectively, where they studied the communication of whales and how it evolves across oceans and continents and while and why whales sing. And um mm, yeah, if uh, it's about a little like it's like an hour and 25 minutes and it's broken up and I I like that I I've broken this up into into three acts here. I'm going to go over the the axe, but um, uh, the the whales make this whooping sound. It's a whoop sound that the whales make, and these doctors are kind of obsessed with this whooping sound. And like, what does the whooping sound mean? And uh, how can how can we use this whooping sound? And they're trying to they're trying to recreate um, uh, a whooping sound and play it under the water with a speaker. So that they can get reactions out of whales. And, um, if, if we break the sound into three acts, I like to call the first act, is that our whale? No, that's not our whale. <laughs> and the, the second act is where I took, I took a nap. <laughs> and I like to call the third act, whoop de doo, cause that's how it, <laughs> Oh, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I was eternally frustrated that you were breaking this movie down into three acts. I'm like, really? This movie? We're going to talk about it that much? Jake. I never thought you more of a hero than that. <laughs> I was so fucking bored. This I, is the worst. Dude, you're tossing this too? I, this is an absolute toss it, dude. This is like, like, how can you make like something that could, <laughs> this was, this was the most boring fucking documentary i have seen in a long time like last year i raved about the underwater movie uh my octopus teacher which was like a fascinating documentary and i was like super intrigued by this uh like what they were doing here 
And the fact that they're trying to, like, you know, they believe that these humpback whales have, like, their own communication. They're trying to communicate with the humpback whales. Dude, this could have been a 15-minute short. This was so fucking boring. Oh, it was sandpaper dry as fuck, dude. Like, I... Uh, it's so frustrating. Like, um, they do such a poor job of making me have any emotional connection to either Dr. Michelle or Dr. Ellen. It's like two separate movies going on, both equally boring. They never have any, like, you would think that these, like, how many people are in this field? We can't get these two people to interact with each other once in this fucking movie. I, I was extremely annoyed by that. Also for a, a nature movie about whales. There's a shockingly low amount of any whale sighting whatsoever <laughs> yes. in this fucking movie. Oh, but they'll tell you about them. We've talked to 16 whales within the last nine days. <laughs> oh my god! The, the, anytime the text came up, I was eye rolling and groaning. I, I hated their little graphics of the noises the whale made. Like they were trying to pass that off as like real footage. I felt like they weren't telling oh, yeah. you like that this. Jake, that's a that's a whoop. That's a whoop. Oh my! That's God. a whoop. Singing the same song as the one that sung the song in this, and it's like this movie like tries to like make some interesting points about being a woman and what that means to be in this field. But by the time it gets to those points, which is like fifty minutes in, it's done such a poor job of giving me any personal connection to these two women whatsoever. That I just don't like – it doesn't seem like the time and the place to address that story. Like the whole movie is like this whale whooping jargon and then it like takes this weird left turn where it's like, you know, women in the workplace type of thing. But it's like you're not proving any kind of point when you're not giving us any – like let us know why these scientists got involved in this field in the first place. Where did this passion come from? Like let me understand why you're in this field before you make me like – understand like what the problems in this field you face are i i just thought on every level this movie was a fail <laughs> this I, movie i would say that one of the women did kind of explain why she did get into the field it was because her mom wanted to get into the field oh shit tupperware jake it's a tupperware <laughs> i ain't going that far i must but, have been snoring during that part <laughs> her mom wanted to get into i don't know the name of the Term, um, but she wasn't allowed to be on the boats as a woman. It's called whaleology. There you go. Thank you very much. Whale You're welcome. Um, You're welcome. And um, so she became a drug teacher, and she's kind of just pursued her mother's passion. So that answers your question there. I, don't know. I wish her mother would have been into something else because <laughs> <laughs> anything else other than this, like. This has nothing, my, my, my hatred for this has nothing to do with the fact that the, um, that they're researching whales. Uh, I, I think I, I'm, I'm fascinated by, uh, sea life and, and, um, uh, you know, especially I was seriously, that's why I wanted to watch this is like, oh my God, they're, they're trying to communicate with animals and like replicate like what this sound means to these animals and like it landed like a wet fart at the end of this documentary for me like it was just it was i was so bored by this movie like the first 30 minutes it's basically just uh these 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 researchers saying 
Is that our whale? Nope, that's not our whale. Is that our? Nope, that's not our whale either. <laughs> I was, I, I was losing oh my, my shit. It was it's so bad. Breaks and like as an audience, you just do not care. Like that, <laughs> you're like, oh, oh well. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. Can I jump in here real quick? Yes. Um, so like the premise of this movie was very interesting to me. Um, and I was so excited that it was like all women in STEM in this, in this documentary. I was like, Oh my God. Yes. They're going to like focus on these women who are like studying this, these whales. And I was like all excited about it. And then it just, you know, Jake, I think you said it really well that like by the time they get into some really interesting conversations, like one of the doctors, like she's talking to one of the assistant and she's like, you know, I think I'm at that age, like I want to have a baby. And then they have a conversation about like, well, how are you going to juggle field work and, and having a kid? And, and do you think that it's possible? Like, I wanted more of that. Like, uh, but it came so late in the movie that you're just like, whatever. It, it, it's not, you know, and then the other doctor, she's talking about how like she misses her husband and what it meant, what it meant for her to be a, a woman in the field. I think that's the one Nana who her mother wanted to be uh, an oceanographer, but couldn't. And so she took it up and, and became an oceanographer. Like there was a lot of interesting elements to this film, but it just didn't come it wasn't done well and i will say that after it was over i wanted to go and watch star trek 4 the voyage home about humpback whales which <laughs> it's an incredibly huge better experience than this movie was i i would say like i hate to toss it but i am going to toss it i i hate to because there's a lot of interesting stuff in here but it's just presented so dry and so plotting that it's like if they had just given us a little bit more like human story and they had shown us more whales, I would have like been way more excited. I, I connected with no one. Yeah. I connected. The only thing I connected to was with the credits when this fucking thing ended because it made me realize that it was over. The nightmare was over of this movie. Yeah, I made a big whooping sound when the credits. <laughs> yeah, I, whoop 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 whoop. Paul, Paul, were you were you a big fan of Fathom? No, no, I turned this off and and turned on the much better Apple documentary that dropped today, the Charlie Brown one. But this is a big disappointment. This one was terrible. It was like I can't say anything more than what you guys said, and it just sucks because Apple's put out some amazing documentaries this past year. Uh, so it was saddening to see such a big swing and miss on this one. It had so much potential. God damn. It was so fucking boring. Um, we're here. That's what we're here for though. We watch the stuff so you don't have to sometimes. And this is one of those where it's like, I, I honestly feel like you're not missing a goddamn thing. <laughs> you're not missing a goddamn thing. If you don't watch this, like Jake, and that's hard for me to say sometimes, like there are, Certain things where it's like, oh, yeah, you can have this on in the background while you're fucking jerking off or doing laundry or whatever the fuck you're doing. This is one of those things where I don't care. There is something better to do with your life than watch this. You will not, this will not enrich you in any way, this movie. There is, there is not, there's not one scene, nothing in this movie 
will make you a better person at the end of this journey of watching this movie. There are so many other things that you could be doing with your time than watching this, Jake. Literally anything. You could think of anything to do, and it would be better than spending an hour and 25 minutes watching Fathom. You could be on... I felt like I was being waterboarded when I watched this movie. It was so bad. Oh, my God. Yeah, it, this is a complete waste of time, plus all the whales die at the end, so. <laughs> oh, they all die of boredom. <laughs> all right, last thing that – oh, uh, uh, last thing I want to talk about. Um, I what? Nana, Nana didn't read this. <laughs> I didn't read it. Oh, God. Nana's going to give it. Yeah. Oh, well, you guys, I'm going to give it a high taste. <laughs> I'm going to give it a high when taste. Tail. <laughs> oh, wow. um, when I got called up to the big leagues, I was expecting, you know, to be art review and anime of some sorts. Uh, definitely not a world documentary, man. This was absolutely disgusting. Dude, you blame me for everything. You blame me for everything that comes out this week. Every there's not a thing. Untossed. <laughs> I don't know why you had this on the list. And yes, I do blame you. So you put it on the list. <laughs> you put it on the list. <laughs> of course, I, Nana. Yeah, I never know what we're gonna get. I've never seen this before. It was a documentary put on Apple TV Plus, and it could be the most amazing thing that we've ever seen. I don't know what we're getting, dude. You act like I screen the shit before I, we fucking talk about it. I, don't know, I thought you might have seen a trailer and was like, ooh, this looks interesting. I thought I did a good job of screening our guests before I had your fucking ass on this episode, but apparently. <laughs> oh, man. You, only four episodes are too hot to handle. We're not reviewing any anime. I mean, Jesus. I know. Oh, my God. Nana, you're a problem this episode. Yeah, he's a real diva this episode. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I like, you know, you, you was you was like, uh, you guys don't talk, and now I'm talking. You don't want me to talk. Like, I feel like I'm Superman right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, you are like Superman because you're not going to do a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Nana, I love you. Even though all you've done is like badmouth me the entire episode, I still, <laughs> I still love you. All right. Definitely nothing but love, bro. Definitely nothing but love. Who who got a chance to watch uh, the Rick and Morty season five premiere? Me. I, I did not. Who did? Me, I did. Oh, dude, dude, what'd you think about, what'd you think about Mr. Nimbus? Uh, I loved him. Who, who voiced that character? I, who did voice Mr. Nimbus? Let me look this up. Mr. Nimbus. Yeah, voice actor. Who did it? Cause his voice was just so funny and like, I Dan Harmon. Like, oh, oh wow. really? Yeah. That? Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. I, he did a really good job then. Yeah. Oh my oh, god. Yeah, uh, no, this, this was a great like reintroduction into Rick and Morty. Um I don't remember how season four ended, but it was just it was just a great feeling to have Rick and Morty back. Um for us in the UK it sh- it shows on E four on a Monday night at mm-hmm. ten o'clock. 
Um, because I was a bit worried about how I was going to be able to watch this because I, I did want to watch it, but normally we have to wait like six months for it to come out on Netflix. Um, yeah, and I didn't do that. Um, but yeah, it was just really entertaining. Um, it just stuck in the vein, same vein of Rick and Morty episodes before. You know, we got a little bit more backstory, well, a little bit about Rick. And, um, I'm just looking forward to them just carrying on how they've done in the previous seasons. And I hope that we, I don't know how many episodes season five is going to be, but I, I do hope it's, you know, maybe 15 episodes or something like that. Uh, hasn't it just been like around 10 each episode? I feel like, uh, each season, excuse me. Yeah, it has, but I would like a longer season because I, I don't know how much longer they're going to like keep it running for. Uh, they, I mean, uh, it was uh, Adult Swim ordered it for like an additional three or four seasons from what I remember. So, oh, nice. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, yeah. And Solar Opposites just got ordered for like a season four. And then, um, Dan Harmon just got signed on to do another animated project based off of a online comic strip. Did you guys see that news? Yeah, I did not. Apple, it's for Apple TV. It's that Strange Planet webcomic. Yeah, Strange Planet webcomic. Uh, Dan Harmon is taking over that. Yeah, so that's going to be on. You do it, of course. Guys, we've got Apple the Oranges host, fucking Paul fucking Hart over here. Of course you're going to know Apple TV Plus news. <laughs> well, it's exciting because it's done by the same animators that did BoJack Horseman. Oh, wow. And it's going to be one of the first things to come from, like, this is one of Apple Studios' first projects. So yeah. they made their own studio now to do this. So it should be exciting. I just, I'm reading an article right now on uh, Dark Horizons, and it's titled Naomi Aki. Remember, remember her from Solo? Was it Solo? Yeah, she was in Solo, right? You guys don't have no idea. Who, who was she in Solo? She was like that. She was, uh, wasn't, no, she was in the Rise of Skywalker. Um, everybody was like saying she was going to be, uh, possibly, uh, um, Lando Calrissian's daughter and all that shit. Oh, oh, huh. Yeah. The, listen to the title of this article. Naomi Aki to lead Pussy Island. <laughs> <laughs> Billy D. Williams is definitely going to be involved in that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Pussy Island. Pussy Island. Wouldn't it be cool if like in the Shang-Chi movie it wasn't called Madripoor, they went to he fought in Pussy Island? <laughs> I don't know if that'd be cool or not. I'd have to see it. Shaman Tatum's gonna be involved in this. And when you get well, oh, hold on, I got I had an ad popping up. Hold on. What what was that? What was that, Nana? Shannon Tatum's also meant to be involved in this project. Is it Channing Tatum? Yeah. Previously announced to start the project written by Kravitz and E.T. Feinberg. Oh, yeah. Bruce Cohen, Kravitz, Tiffany Persons, and Tatum's Free Association will produce the movie with Garrett Levesque seen for Free Association. Hmm. Well, okay. Re Rebecca's back. Welcome. Rebecca stepped away yeah, for a moment. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. I just stepped away for a second. No, I, I, I've been, I've been reading this news story. It's titled Naomi Aki to lead Pussy Island. <laughs> oh my god! Are you looking for <laughs> Rebecca? Are you looking forward to Pussy I'm Island? Back for this? You came Sorry. back. You came back just in time for Pussy Island talk. <laughs> Do I dare ask what this is even about? Like, it's a movie about Pussy Island. Oh, okay. Thanks for clarifying that. It's for an me. island full of cats. 
Oh, that's, that's the one I it's the sequel to Vagina Oasis. Vajayjay <laughs> oh. <laughs> 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 Getaway. Vajayjay <laughs> Getaway. <laughs> that is funny. Uh, yeah, I don't really... I, I don't care about whatever this is. Ryan, do you want me to read out like a little bit what this is about? Oh, I, hold on. Aki will play Los Angeles Cocktail... Cocktail... <laughs> Aki will play the Los Angeles cocktail waitress Frida, who skillfully maneuvers her way into the inner circle of philanthropist and tech mogul Slater King, played by Channing Tatum, joining an intimate gathering on his private island. She soon senses there is more to this island than meets the eye, something she can't quite put her finger on, but she... (laughs) Jake, I don't know about you, but I've I've put my finger on it before. <laughs> it sounds like she's not even trying. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! Are we going to be reviewing this? <laughs> oh my god! Yes, absolutely. I cannot wait to. I cannot wait to title it. We're going to do a complete episode on this one. It's going to be a dedicated episode, and I can't wait to title it Pussy Island. Yeah, Jesus yes. Christ. This movie better not be as dry as the whale movie. <laughs> oh, it's gonna, it'll get super wet, dude. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Hashtag wet emoji. Until <laughs> the three little splashes. <laughs> God. I've been looking for a use for that emoji. <laughs> it's all just to support this movie. Yeah, I want a campaign. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you guys see the um, the Wendy's that they did up for Rick and Morty for the season five premiere? I, I I saw an article about it, but yeah, there was a there was a Rick and Morty Wendy's, and they they had Morty with the red pigtails i saw that yeah it was pretty neat i watched a video of someone going through it and they like i had a big like inflatable rick and you drive through his mouth into a tunnel where they're like playing video scenes from episodes of rick and morty it looked like they really did it up for it so that's pretty cool that's cool rebecca did you watch uh rick and morty season five premiere i did i did i uh I think I'm going to give it a high taste. I'm not quite ready to give a Tupperware here, but I did like it a lot. I mean, it's definitely more of that, like, really funny Rick and Morty comedy, the great sci-fi jokes. Um, I, I loved all the time travel stuff, like the, the inadvertent time travel that kept happening. I thought that was pretty funny. Um I thought Mr. Nimbus was just a, a great, funny, hilarious character. Um, yeah, I i mean, not every joke landed for me on this one, but I, I did, the majority of them did. Um, and, you know, I love Rick and Morty. I look forward to the seasons every uh, every season. So, yeah, I, I liked it a whole lot, the first episode here. Are you looking forward to Pussy Island? Not particularly. <laughs> not particularly. Jake, I, I think it's I think it's past Shang Chi for me as far as my most anticipated oh my movies. That's not even, without even a trailer. Without even a trailer, you had me at pussy. <laughs> do, you, do you need a pussy teaser? 
<laughs> Jake, I think I do need. I think I need a pussy teaser, but it's not necessary. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca is just so disgusted right now. No, I'm not disgusted. It's just definitely not on my radar. <laughs> oh, it's definitely on my radar. Oh, I know it is. Pussy That's Island so has just catapulted to the top of my list. <laughs> Turned like Marv Albert there. A little bit, didn't I, Jake? I don't know how I did that. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just not wearing women's lingerie, so. I get them on the back. You will when you visit Pussy Island. Mmm. 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 All right. Rebecca, you watched, you finally watched Promising Young Woman. I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah. So I have to give a big shout out to your listener, uh, Rob Forrest. He sent me, he reached out to me and offered me digital code for this movie, which I happily accepted. Uh, so thank you, Rob. I really appreciate you hooking me up with that. Yeah. When, I, when, I, when Rob Forrest reads out, reaches out to you with a digital code for Pussy Island, how excited are you going <laughs> to a lot less, a lot less than I was to receive the code for promising. What if it was just an island with kitty cats on it? I really doubt that it is, though. <laughs> and so do you. <laughs> I'm hoping it has nothing to do with kitty cats, to be quite honest with you. I know, I know that's the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, uh, I know that last year on the Tuppies, you and Paul had raved about this movie, Um and I finally saw it uh, in 2021. Um, th- this movie is a masterpiece. I, I mean, it's it's a complete topperware. I'm kicking myself. I didn't see it much sooner when it when it came out. Um, I really, I really enjoyed her journey, Ca- Carrie Mulligan's journey as Cassandra. I I thought. I thought the movie, I, I thought the movie was very good at tricking us into thinking like she was doing really super shitty things, but she wasn't always doing super shitty things. She was, I think she was definitely out for revenge. She got her revenge in really unique ways. Um, and I, I, I kind of want to talk just a little bit about the ending, but it, it is a huge spoiler. So I don't know if, if you think it's enough time has passed for me to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Or if, if not, I will just say that I was shocked by the ending. Um, I was shocked by what happened. And at first I hated it. And then the more I watched and the more I thought about it, I said, you know what? I, I get it. I completely get it. Um, and I thought everybody just turned in a stellar performance here. Um, I mean, even the guy who played Ryan, the, the guy that she's, she, she's interested in. Um, oh, uh, that was uh, Bo Burnham. Burnham. Bo, Bo Burnham. I thought yeah. he did really great. But I mean, Ke- Carrie Mulligan here is like the star. She, I mean, the, the movie is her story or her revenge story. Um, and, like the stuff that she was doing, like, like the way the movie opens up with her, like going out to these clubs and pretending to be like just completely shit faced and, and, and sort of being almost like an avenging force, like in the city. Um, it was so interesting and, uh, how she was always in control of the situation, uh, most of the time. Um, so I, yeah, I highly, highly 
recommend this movie. I join in with you and Paul in highly recommending and and and, and recommending people watch this movie. I think it's it's just it's it is a masterpiece. I I loved her story and her journey and. I don't know. I can't say too much more with too many spoilers. So I'll just, I, if, if you want to talk about the movie more in detail, you can hit me up on social media. I'll be happy to, you know, spoil, spoil away. But, uh, um, how about I, we, I, I, me, you and Paul should do a Patreon episode. I would Ooh. be down for that anytime. Yes. Please count me in for that. All right. Let's plan something like that. In the I next love it. Month love or it. two. We can, yeah, we can do t- that. 100%. Tupperware, and if I had watched this before the Tuppies, I probably would have not probably I would have thrown Carrie Mulligan in in for best actor actress, and and definitely Emerald fen- uh, Fennel or Fennel as best uh, as uh, for her writing stuff. But, I um, I can't wait to hear you give a Tuppy for best movie for uh, Pussy Island. Pussy Island, yes, I. <laughs> that, that's on the list of things that will never happen. <laughs> You're gonna be you're gonna be eating your words just like I've eaten my fair share of pussy. <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> Jake, did I go did I go a little too far on that one? I don't think so. I think I think everyone on this podcast and our entire listening audience knew where that was going. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't think you went far enough, I, Jake. You're right. <laughs> I think you're right. Should I make? Uh, there we go. There. <laughs> Have I gone far enough now, Jake? That'll do. That'll. Thank you, Jake. <laughs> Rebecca is just disgusted. At no. This. Hardly. <laughs> I heard worse. And on this show. <laughs> I'm sure you have. Oh, I shit. never knew I'd be able to get a babe quote in talking about Pussy Island. So. <laughs> All my dreams are coming true this episode. That's James Cromwell right there. <laughs> uh, God. This, this episode, Jake, I don't know, man. Yeah, I'm unsure of it as well. I, uh, I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> this is bottom tier, isn't it? This is this is more it's more exciting than fathom. I don't know. I I was gonna say that this is the fathom of PCL. <laughs> no, no, I don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's that bad. It's not the Pussy Island of PCL, but it's not the fathom. Of PCL. Oh my god, Jake! If we could hit that pinnacle Pussy Island of PCL, dude, that's what I want. That's the dream, bro. That is the dream. One day. <laughs> one, one day. I, you can literally hear Rebecca's eyes rolling right now. <laughs> I know. I know. It's kind of the inspiration to keep it going. Right? It is. It really is, Rebecca. The fact that you're here what makes me want to elevate Pussy Island even more. It's fucked up. Because I, I know it's driving you crazy. <laughs> Oh I love how it wasn't even planned that way that like she had to leave for whatever reason. Yeah. We were talking about it before you got on the podcast, back oh on the podcast, Rebecca. So let's stop talking about it now. That's, that's enough, right? Uh, no, I think like this is the perfect social gathering to talk about this movie. That's what we do here. We talk about movie. No, let's move on. Let's move on. Um, all right, let's move on to the pop culture leftovers news. Yeah, yeah. 
That's enough of that. <laughs> that was too much. I can't. Hey, I'm, I'm so sorry to do this. Can we take a quick break? Let's take a fucking. Sorry, I should have asked before you played the thing, but I. No, no. Hold on. Can I play two more seconds of it? Yeah, do whatever you want. There we go. All right, now we're ready. Right, now, we're <laughs> now we're good to take a break. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Guys, I apologize. I have no idea. No. Let's take a quick break. We'll come right back with uh, the Pop Culture Leftovers news. Baking pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Takes a bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. Bacon pancakes, that's what it's gonna make. Bacon pancakes. Bacon pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Takes a bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. Bacon pancakes, that's what it's gonna make. Bacon pancakes. Bacon pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Takes a bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. Hey, we are back. Rebecca had to leave. She was like, she, I think she had enough of hearing us talk about Pussy Island. She was like, I'm out of here. Or maybe she had to take a trip to Pussy Island? (laughs) Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Rebecca's not the kind to knock things before she tries them. So I think she needed to go to Pussy Island and make sure her, her hate and disgust was warranted. Okay. That's a interesting theory, Jake. Um, <laughs> guys, hold on. Before we get into the news, have you guys heard about this fucking video uh, where it's it's people chanting a phrase and we don't know – people aren't 100% sure of what people are chanting in this phrase. They could be chanting many different things and there's like nine – do you know what it is, Jake? Yeah, I've seen that exactly. I'm trying to remember what some of the things could be. Okay, I I know what they are. I know what they are. I'm not, don't give it away. I'm going to play it. I'm going to let Paul and Nana try to pick out what they're saying. Okay? Okay. So I'm going to play the clip and then I'll go over what they could be saying. And then I want to know what you guys thought that they said. Or Jake, should I, should I go over the sayings first? I think I want to hear what they, what they hear. Without any knowledge yeah. of what it could be. Okay. I'm fascinated by that. Because when I saw this, I saw what all the nine sayings were up front, and then I heard it. Okay. Did you get it right? I got it right. I don't think I knew what the right answer was ever. I did. Okay. Here we go. All right. Here, here's. Uh, hopefully this works. That's oh, taking forever. It's loading an ad. God damn it. Hold on. All right, I'm going to play the clip. You guys tell me what you hear. And then if you don't know, uh, then I'll go over the choices. Hold on. Here we go. All right. Are you guys hearing anything in particular? I'm hearing Matt is embarrassing. The choices are Bart, Bart Simpson bouncing, rotating pirate ship, that isn't my receipt, lobsters in motion, that is embarrassing, lactates in pharmacy, 
I'm Chasing Martian, Baptism Piracy, or That Isn't Mercy. Here we go. What are you hearing? I'm hearing the pharmacy one. You're hearing lactates in pharmacy? Oh, hold on. Yep, that's what I'm hearing. What about what about Bart Simpson bouncing? Is that what, what they're saying? Are they saying Bart Simpson's bouncing? What about the real one is oh what about yes. what about lobsters in motion? What about that isn't mercy? Nah, I can't hear that one. What's that? There's pharmacy. I can't hear that. That is mercy one. That, that. I always hear the last one. Someone tells me to hear. Whatever what? you say, and then you play it. That's what I hear. What about? Okay. What about rotating pirate ship? Oh, now it's wanting to play an ad. Um, the the real answer is actually that is embarrassing. Yeah. Oh, I got it. It's that's weird. Like I heard that is embarrassing. That's the one I picked, but like it went from like online, it went from like four choices to like nine choices. I was just kind of blown away by like how many different things people were hearing with that phrase. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's, I thought that was a really cool clip. I like that a lot, too. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, the way my brain works is I, I hear whatever the last one, like, because they had them all written down. Whatever the last one I read was, was the one I heard. Yeah, like, you can kind of make yourself kind of hear whatever they're, like, the the option, the last option that you heard was, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's move on into the, the news. Uh, AMC has given, uh, this comes from Dark Horizons. AMC has given green light for a series adaptation of Anne Rice's interview with the vampire. AMC acquired the rights to her works last year and now have given a go ahead with an eight episode order of interview the first book in the Vampire Chronicles saga with plans for a 2022 premiere on AMC and AMC Plus. Roland Jones will serve as ex- uh, writer, executive producer, and showrunner. Uh, yeah. So, uh, based on the book, and then it was a movie in 1994 with Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, Kirsten Dunst, and Antonio Banderas, and now it's getting a green light for a series. It's going to hit uh, AMC and AMC Plus. Um. Paul, what do you think, man? A, a fucking uh, an interview with the vampire series. I mean, it seems like, I mean, I don't have any huge connection with that movie or book, but it seems it could be a perfect time for it now that Twilight has died down. It seems like all the vampire stuff has kind of died down a bit. Maybe they want to bring that back into the mix and they kind of want to do a more serious version instead of the glittery teeny bop version of all the vampire shit lately so i don't know i might check it out but it's nothing that's got me super excited i loved that movie jake you take me back to 1994 that's a fucking that is an amazing vampire movie in my opinion Are i still love interview it. with the vampire fuck yeah we're talking interview oh, with yeah, the vampire yeah, yeah for sure god damn tom cruise brad pitt christian slater kirsten Dunst, and tony banderas 
That movie There's was a lot a- of controversy with that shit too. Cause I remember Anne Rice, the writer of the book was very vocal about how much she disliked the, uh, Tom Cruise casting and then came around after seeing the movie. She's in, well, she, yeah, she's insane after that performance. He was fuck. nobody's Lestat like Tom Cruise, man. Yeah. And, she was just mad on day one. Yeah. You had to have been. Cause like, I guess for her, but cause he was, he fucking carried that movie, dude. He was incredible. In that movie. Yeah, I loved him. Antonio Banderas plays my favorite character from the books, uh, Armandas. Um, yeah, um, yeah, this could be cool. I, I was a big fan of these books when I was growing up. I read the first five and then fell off. I think there's like 15 of them by now. I, I know she kept writing after I stopped. I, I read up to, uh, Nimnock the Devil, I think was the last one I read, which mm-hmm. was the fifth one. And, um, yeah, I love the original movie. Um, I thought it was unfortunate what happened to Queen of the Damned with, uh, Aaliyah. With, with Aaliyah in it. Yeah, that yeah. was not the greatest uh, yeah. adaptation. And yeah, I'd like to see these done right. And I think <clears throat> a series format is, is the way to go here. I, I would hope that the first season is good and then we can do Vampire Lestat after that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nana, are you a big fan of Interview with the Vampire? Are you looking forward to this? Uh, I haven't actually not seen Interview for the Vampire with the Vampire. Oh my god, you have got to watch it. Paul, have you seen Interview with the Vampire? Long time ago when I was like 10. Oh my god, it's, oh god, you gotta watch this again. I yeah, love I, this movie. I'm gonna add it to my, I'm gonna add it to my list right now. It's phenomenal. Is it streaming anywhere, Jake? Mm, I can, I can look that now. up while we blab. Yeah. It, I guess. Oh my the only god! Thing I remember is like Kristen Dunst. Yeah, but maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> she plays uh, Celeste. Oh, it's so good. She was such it's a. On two, it's on Tubi TV. There you go, Tubi, and it's free. So you gotta, but you gotta watch it with ads. But um, a phenomenal fucking movie. I love Interview with the Vampire. I loved. It. I loved the first time, like, um, we when he when Brad Pitt's character becomes the vampire and he gets to see things for the first time with his vampire eyes and they, we get to see like what he's seeing and he's in that cemetery and like the statues are moving and shit. And I'm just like, Oh my God, this is so cool. This world that she's created and like this whole, like, you know, underworld of vampires. And like at first he, he's like, you know, he believes he's the only one and his, his mentor is this fuck up of Lestat. And then, he travels the world to meet other vampires and shit. I love interview with me. I think it's so good. And the fact like the whole movie is like Christian Slater's character interviewing him is just God. I think it's a fucking perfect movie, Jake. I love it. Yeah. I have no complaints either. It was one of my all time favorites growing up and it, it's one of the few that still holds up. You know, there's a lot of movies that I just loved as a kid that you watch yeah. now and it's cringe, 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 but I think this still holds up. I, I watched it maybe about six years ago, and I yeah. haven't seen it since. I haven't seen it in a long time. I need to wa- I need to rewatch that. I love that movie. It's so good. I'm pretty sure it's on our shared account. Okay, okay. I'll have to watch it again. I love the yeah the the, the part where he's like, you know, because he's a vampire and he can't be out in day- daylight anymore. And then he talks about the, where he hasn't seen like a sunset or a sunrise or anything like that, and like you know, hundreds of years. And then all of a sudden he's able to go to the movies and watch these things again. I was just like, Oh my God, this is just so cool that they throw him into modern times. And he's been around since like, you know, the 1800s or whatever is fucking 
I don't know. I love those movies. Um, as much as I love it, um, I kind of blame it for what happened next. Like, cause it kind of was the movie that changed the way like movies and TV really defined vampires. Like, yeah. It kind of brought that whole romantic side to it. And I think this is definitely the, um, the grandmother of like your true blood and your twilight and your vampire chronicle or diaries. Like those things are like, you know, the grandbabies of this. There's a lot of people that love that vampire diaries though. I never really watched it. And Jake, for as much as people shit on true blood, man, I, those first four seasons I thought were a lot of fun. So yeah, and I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent shitting on those things. Just kind of noting that this is like, this is the one, like I honestly think all three of those franchises wouldn't exist a hundred percent without the popularity of these books. I agree with you. I agree with you there. So love them or hate them. Yeah. This is like the granddaddy. Like this is where it started. Was this right here? Um, mornings from dark horizons, uh, filmmaker M night Shyamalan has been on a good run of late with his last few films and recent trailers for his next feature old are looking highly promising. Have you guys seen the trailer for old? I have. Yes, I have. Yeah. I had it today when I saw fast and furious. Yeah. Uh, it's set to hit cinemas in just over a month from now. The film follows a family on a tropical holiday who discover that the secluded beach where they're relaxing for a few hours <laughs> is somehow causing them to age rapidly, reducing their entire lives into a single day. With just a few weeks left, you would think the picture would be done and locked by now. Turns out it's not. During a Tribeca Film Fest panel this week, Shyamalan revealed he's still fine-tuning the end of the movie. Quote. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler, <on> Island. <laughs> Quote, I'm deciding on the minor note. How to end on a minor note. Unbreakable ends on kind of a dip, right? He goes to the dark note, that minor note at the end. The guy you thought was the best friend is the villain. The minor, the minor note sticks to you forever. The project rap filming in the Dominican Republic back in November. And from the sounds of it, the movie's post-production is essentially done beyond this decision over the right ending. Old remains very much on track to hit cinemas on July 23rd. Guys, we're a month away from this movie hitting theaters and yet M night Shyamalan has still not locked an ending. I don't guys, the trailer looks super intriguing. Like it, you've got, you've got this family. They're told, you know, children should not visit the Island. And I feel like only the children are affected by this. I don't, I didn't see the adults affected by this in the trailer, but the children like leave, and go out for a swim, and when the children come back, they're, like, years older. And there's even a scene where the daughter looks like her stomach is bloated, that maybe she's pregnant. What is going on there? She's starting to, like, go into labor. Yeah. And the the mom is so freaked out that the mom runs away from her child. And it's just, it's wild. It looks wild, like this island where they're they're trying to get away, and these kids are aging super quickly. And, uh... I was super excited for this movie. It looks crazy. And now with this news that M. Night Shyamalan doesn't – guys, we're less than a month away from this movie hitting theaters. He doesn't – he hasn't – Lock it down. He has not locked in an ending, Jake. Yeah, this 
this shit gives me the heebie-jeebies. Um, I don't know what it is about this kind of body horror, but it's it's always bothered me. I think the poster for this gives me the kind of goosebump creeps. I think it's a really good poster in that way. Um, yeah. What's the poster? I haven't seen the poster. It's just like shows a person like part of their body is like youthful and fresh and the other half is like rocking. The, the, the other part is Harrison Ford. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, it's it's scary. Um and I don't know, but this kind of just stuff and imagery in movies always like really creeps me out. One of my least favorite movies is Thinner, that Stephen King adaptation, because it's the same kind of thing there. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. afraid to see this movie because I hate watching like vibrant people waste away in 90 minutes or less. It just really makes me uncomfortable. So I'm intrigued, but I'm a little bit on edge to see this movie. <laughs> Jake, speaking of vibrant people wasting away in 90 minutes or less, have you listened to this episode? <laughs> <laughs> solid joke. Uh, thank you. I was wondering why I was getting so creeped out. I didn't. This shit's going on right here. Yeah, it's happening. It's happening. This ep- this episode's getting old. Um, yeah, Nana, are you? We haven't, looking- we haven't even locked down an ending yet. <laughs> yeah, it's a ridiculous that the movie's going to be coming out in a, in a month's time and he's not finished it. Yeah, yeah. Decided which direction he wanted to go in. It's ridiculous, but that's just M. Night Shyamalan. He likes to just do like we're going to probably get like five different twists. It's going to be. You know, war, and then you know it's gonna be a stupid ending. Uh, yeah, I, I gotta agree with you, dude. I feel like this is like a cool concept, and it's just gonna end on a. <laughs> that's how I feel, Jake. <laughs> yeah, that's the, I, I hear you. It feels like he's like writing down like multiple ideas on shreds of paper and putting them in a hat. And he's going to, like, a week before the movie comes out, he's going to pull the hat. Like, how does he not know? Like, he can't. He's not going to be able to do any more post-production. Like, he obviously has – did he film multiple endings? Did, yeah. he he place where he wants to cut? I think they filmed – they probably filmed multiple endings, and he's just trying to figure out what the best one is that fits this movie. Which one? I mean, in today's day and age, if that indie flops, you can release a different one when it comes to VOD. Well, I know. Yeah, they'll be the director's cut or whatever. Fuck. Choose your own ending. Choose, yeah, they'll throw that on Netflix. I don't know. I'm having a hard time remembering what the last couple M. Night movies were. Um, I remember the one was with the creepy... Uh, we did Glass. Yeah, Glass was a little bit lackluster. The one before I that, lo- I, remember, I loved Glass. <laughs> the one before that, I remember really liking... Was it the kids that went to see, like, their grandparents? Yes. I hated that movie. Yeah, I thought that was fun. I thought it was, what was it, like, The, the Visit? Yes. The visit. Yes. I thought it was terrible. That's such an M. Night movie name. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I, I, I'll be seeing this, though. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. I hope it's... I hope it's good. I hope he sticks to landing. That's the thing with these movies. It doesn't sound like it, man. I don't know. It, this is the, this is not promising news. <laughs> so, no. Hopefully, the journey to the badness is fun. If it's a bad ending, yeah. I mean, that's that's the takeaway from an M Night movie. You just gotta take it for what it is. If you had fun, you had fun. Even if the ending's a big. Bleh. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. All right. Final. This is it. This is, I got one more thing for Marvel news. We're going to wrap this up. Uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, no way home news. Um, 
I saw this on the internet. Willem Dafoe was asked what films he had filmed this year during an interview with Collider. He talked about how he filmed a movie called Inside. And then he said, quote, the other things I've been doing lately, I prefer to wait till we're ready for them to come out. So is that sounds like there's a good chance that he's showing up in Spider-Man No Way Home as Norman Osborn, the Green Goblin. It it, it could happen, Jake. It also sounds like he's one of the most professional people working on this movie and knows how to keep his fucking mouth shut. Alfred Molina just don't give a fuck, does he? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's like, fuck it. I need all the press I can get. Oh, my God. I I cannot wait for this. Do you think that we're going to – I don't know, Jake. We might – I think we might get the first trailer of this like right after Loki ends or they could like – it could premiere maybe a week or two before Loki ends if like they really open this multiverse up in in Loki. I'm actually smelling that too, Brian. I I think we're going to get some big Marvel July news and the bulk of that news is going to be some legit – on paper info about this Spider-Man movie. I think it's definitely getting ready to happen. I, I, oof, I'm excited to finally get some concrete information about this movie. Well, I mean, I think a trailer, I think a trailer, if I had to guess, I think a trailer 100% is going to drop in July. Sometime in July. Like the last episode of Loki is going to be in mid July. Um, yeah. I mean, Black Widow week, that's July 14th. Yeah, that's if you have to. I mean, they're going to want to put it before that. So I really think, you know, you might see it like that Wednesday. Yeah. Well, I mean, what th- what day did we get the Shang-Chi trailer? Mm, it's been a while. The teaser or the trailer? No, the new trailer that we got. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it was a Tuesday. Yeah. I it think was early midweek, right? I, yeah. I Okay. So this movie comes out in December. I still think we could get something Spider-Man sometime in July. I think it could I think happen. We will. I think we will. It's got to be Sony's biggest movie of the year for sure. Oh, I don't know. Maybe Morbius. <laughs> oh, boy. I thought that got pushed already. It's coming out in the, this year, right? It was supposed to come out last year, like in March. I thought it got pushed to 2022 already. I could be crazy about that. Morbius release date. 19th of 2022. Yeah, so it comes out 19 days into the new year next year. So, like, it, what? So, we're getting Spider-Man in December, and then just, like, less than a month later, we're getting Morbius? Hells yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the hype is real. Jake's like, that's how we do. <laughs> Sony just pumping them out. <laughs> oh my god! I'm super excited to finally see the fucking James Bond movie. That new trailer got me super hype. I can't fucking wait. I've if been I for if I gave a fuck about James Bond, I would have been hyped about that trailer because it does look good. Yeah, that was a super fun trailer. I love all the supporting cast they have in this movie. Well, it's they got Rami Malek, dude. I, Ana de Armas. As the Ana de Armas looks great in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, I just don't give a fuck about, I've never cared about James Bond. I never have. I, I think I liked Pierce Brosnan James Bond and that's about it. I don't care. I've never been yeah. a James Bond guy. It's crazy Daniel Craig and Ana de Armas being in the, the two movies back to back like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if, I wonder if one led to the other, like her getting the Bond role. 
Hmm. Not sure. Nana, are you looking forward to Spider-Man No Way Home? Hell yeah, definitely, man. Like, I'm definitely looking to get more Spider-Man, and I'm also looking forward to Morbius as well. Dude, I think me and you might be a, no, I think me and, I think me and Nana are alone on that island, on that pussy island. Cause like I am, <laughs> dude, I'm looking forward to Morbius. I can't wait for fucking Morbius. I, uh, that first trailer that you dropped was really cool. It was fun. I don't give a shit what people say. Yeah. I enjoyed the first trailer. I think it's Morbius not- would make a great, uh, wingman on pussy island. <laughs> Man, too hot to handle season three. It all takes place on Pussy Island. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I think that's why Rebecca laughed. I think she was done with all the Pussy Island talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a more than 0% chance that's the truth. <laughs> mm. Guys, that's all I got. That's all I got. This We need to wrap this one. This one. This is about is a... It- this is about as exciting as Fathom. <laughs> no, it's way more exciting than that. That's a low bar. We <laughs> that bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Nana. Yes. I'm, uh, I just want to apologize for this whole episode to you, sir. This is your first oh, time no, on. Dude, it was fun, man. I really enjoyed being on. Did um, you? Without you guys, I wouldn't have some of the friends that I have in the leftover army. Um, so yeah, keep doing what you guys do, man. You bring entertainment to us all. We try. We try. <laughs> some, sometimes we fail miserably, don't we, Jake? It's all, it's all about the attempt. <laughs> it's, it's, as, as Miley Cyrus would say, it's the climb, Jake. It's, it's, it definitely is the climb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paul, Paul, where yes. can where can people find you, dude? Uh, you find me on uh, Apple's Oranges, an Apple Plus original review show. I was hoping you'd say Pussy Island, but God <laughs> yeah, no, you'll never find me on there, dude. I'm not invited. <laughs> <laughs> Lifetime ban, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Lifetime ban. They have his picture. Man. Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> no. Uh, Nana, thank you for joining us. Man, we've had you on for like, you know, the hundred episodes and shit, but I'm glad to have you on a regular episode. Where can people find you, dude? Uh yeah, so I'm on Apple Podcast, um, Bloods R Us. Um you can find us search for that on all the different socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh I also stream some games on Twitch uh TV forward slash Bloods R Us. Um come say hello. And, um, you know, play some games with us. There you go. Guys, just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Next week, y'all. Later. What is next week, Jake? What are we doing? Uh, it's the Forever Purge. There's no way I'm going to be able to get to see that. Uh, shut the fuck up. You're not going to watch the Forever Purge? No, I'm just not going to have time. I want to. I don't know. Does it come out on a Wednesday? Or? Oh, okay. Uh, the Tomorrow War as well. The Chris Pratt movie comes out on uh, Amazon. Uh, I can watch that at home, though. I'll be able to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be doing all that shit next week. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. See ya. Later. The world has a way of changing, but there's one thing that always stays the same. You miss the old life. 
Stil. Every day. All right, guys, uh, we are going to be starting off this uh, review of uh, Fast 9 with uh, star-studded pop culture leftovers cast here. Uh, added to the cast, we've got Jacob Harmon. Welcome, Jacob. It is a pleasure to be here, and I can't wait to talk about Fast 9 with everybody. Absolutely. Uh, of course, Rebecca's here. We've got Nana. We've got Paul. We've got Jake, myself. We all went to the theater and watch Def 9. Uh, Rebecca, was this your first time back at the theater? It was, and I had been to the theater previously. Oh, would you go? In the, in the Heights. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, but I, but this was, uh, this was definitely, uh, a super exciting experience for me. There you go. Who, who, hey, who, who, any, was this somebody's, uh, first experience back at the theater? I'm just curious. This was my first experience in the theater since The Last Jedi. Oh man! Wow, it's been a minute. Wow, <laughs> have, you, have, have you have you have you still not watched the Rise of Skywalker? Fuck no, dude! <laughs> I'm so jealous that you've never seen it. Oh man! Uh, before we jump into the review, I want to ask like if anybody saw it in IMAX. I want to know what you thought about the uh, Jurassic World Dominion five minutes of the movie. They gave us like five. I think it was like five minutes of the movie uh in total and uh jake did you see it in imax i did did you get the jurassic world stuff i did get the jurassic world stuff <laughs> okay what did you think about i know you're not a big fan of like what they've been doing what did you think about the jurassic world dominion uh five minutes of uh footage that they they showed the audience yeah, I've been a little bit disillusioned by Jurassic World so far. I thought the first one was, was a fairly good movie, and then I thought the second one went completely off the rails. But um, I really enjoyed this five minutes of footage. I thought it was really cool seeing, you know, way back in the past and just kind of seeing the dinosaurs in their natural habitat. They did fun allusion to the kind of bird-dinosaur mythos that the movies have established over the years, and... Yeah, I thought this was really cool. I was confused, though. I, I thought maybe this was just, like, exclusive footage, like a prequel to the movie, and we wouldn't even see any of this in the actual movie. Hmm. I hadn't heard that. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I could be wrong about that, but, I, yeah, I was led to believe that this was just, like, an IMAX-exclusive prequel scene that won't even be in the actual movie, just, like, teaser hype for it. Well, okay. I, I I don't know. I can't answer that question. All, I was just uh, my actually my favorite part wasn't even the beginning. It was when they were at the drive-in movie theater, which just felt like you know it was a, just a callback of like all the times that people went to drive-in movie theaters to watch you know amazing Spielberg movies. You know, go to the, go to the drive-in watch ET. Go to the drive-in watch Jaws. You know, and it's and and for me this was like uh, this these horrific things happening at this drive-in movie theater which is like supposed to be this magical place i that was my favorite scene in this entire footage was the the drive-in movie theater just the t-rex showing up and scaring the shit out of people i thought it was phenomenal yeah it was great it's exciting to think like we got a taste of dinosaurs in the real world in jurassic park 2 but it really feels like dominion is going to be a whole movie of that where just 
they could just show up anywhere. And I'm excited to see what they can do with that. Yeah, the, the drive-in part was cool. They had a great double bill. It was a uh, Flash Gordon and American Graffiti, right? Yeah, it was American Graffiti first, then Flash Gordon. I was like, holy shit, I'd be in heaven. I love both those movies. <laughs> yeah, that's a great double bill. I'd be there for sure and probably killed by a T-Rex. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Paul, did you see this as well? Yes, I did. I went to an IMAX for the first time in my life to see a movie just for this one. And uh, I absolutely loved the Jurassic World uh, preview, especially like when they said 65 million years later in the Jurassic Park font and you got to hear that music. I was just like I was taken back to 93 seeing that movie for the first time. It just hits me right in the nostalgia. So I was all for it. I loved the beginning. I thought that was cool with the fly. But yeah, like it was so fun to see like the drive through and the T-Rex just wreaking havoc on it. And it just opened up your imagination to what else this movie is going to do in, in, in the present time. Oh God. I'm so excited, dude. Yeah. I'm a fucking right. sucker for these new Jurassic World movies. And we got Colin Trevorrow coming back doing this one, I believe. I'm looking forward to it. So yeah, I, I absolutely loved the, uh, <laughs> this, this, uh, five minutes. Anybody else get to see it? No, moving on. All right, let's jump into F9. Is it is it officially called F9? Yes. yes. F- the, F- the Fast Saga or some shit like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dom Toretto is living the quiet life off the grid with Letty and his son, but they know that dangers, uh, danger always lurks just over the peaceful horizon. This time, that threat forces Dom to confront the sins of his past to save those he loves most. His crew soon comes together to stop a world-shattering plot by the most skilled assassin and high-performance driver they've ever encountered, Dom's forsaken brother. And it's directed by Justin Lin, who also wrote the screenplay with Daniel Casey. It's the sequel to The Fate of the Furious, which came out in 2017. This is the ninth main installment and the tenth full-length film released overall in the Fast and Furious uh, film franchise. This is the first film since Fast and Furious 6, to be directed by Lynn and the first sense too fast, too furious, not to be written by Chris Morgan. Uh, it stars Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, Tyrese Gibson, Ludacris, John Cena, Jordana Brewster, Natalie Emmanuel, Sung Kang, Michael Rooker, Helen Mirren, Kurt Russell, and Charlize Theron. And, uh, yeah, let's jump into this one by rating F9, giving our thoughts about the movie and then we'll just dive into it but i'm gonna start here with i'm gonna start with nana what'd you think of f9 oh this movie was a tough word like from jump man um i had so much fun watching it um the action was awesome uh i thought the music especially just fit with all the scenes that they did um i've seen people online complain that you know it's a step away from what fast and Furious was but if people deep it and really look at the movies and analyze it, it's, it's never been about the cars. It's always been about the crimes and the cuts and stuff like that. Um, yeah, man, I would, you know, it's a movie where you don't have to think too much. It's a dumb action movie. You can just switch your brain off. They know who their target audience is. And yeah, lots of fun. Tupperware. Tupperware from Nana. Uh, Paul, what'd you think? Yeah. Um, so my first movie back was Mortal Kombat, but I was the only person in the theater. But I feel like I'm so upset that this wasn't my first movie back in the theaters because this was everything that was needed, like, as the welcoming committee back into theaters and back into, like, 
society. This is an absolute Tupperware. I loved every bit about this. At first, when I saw the runtime, I thought maybe, ooh, it might be too long, but it went by so quick. I mean, if you just say family and have like yeah, car yeah. scenes, then you have a, then you have a good Fast and Furious movie. And this, like, it knows exactly what it wants to be, and it gave you everything you wanted. And I just had a smile on my face, like my theater was packed, and we were all cheering together. We were all laughing together. It was just the perfect way to usher in the summer movie season. And I couldn't think of a perfect way to kick off that season than fast, uh, than F9, the Fast and Furious saga. Okay, so two Tupperwares. Uh, moving on to Rebecca. Yeah, this is 100% a Tupperware for me. Yay! I fucking love the Fast and the Furious saga. Everybody knows that. I love all the movies in this franchise. Maybe I love some more than others, for sure, but I, I enjoy everything about this franchise. Um, it was so great to see, like, getting the band back together kind of a thing. And just like Paul said, my theater was packed. And, you know, it was one of those, everybody's got the, the big bucket of popcorn. Everybody's got their soda. And people are cheering at all the same parts together. And they're laughing and clapping at the same parts together. And, oh, my God, did I fucking miss that about the, about going to the cinema. And uh, it was just a really wonderful experience. The movie looked gorgeous on the big screen i didn't see it in imax i saw it like in, in regular but it just looked beautiful the, the the car chase stuff is great all of the stunts are crazy and over the top i mean i, I don't know what else i could say without spoiling the movie because i won't but it's just so amazing total tupperware from me tupperware from rebecca um let's see here i want to hear from Harmon. So the Fast franchise is extremely important to me. Uh, I would say, honestly, it's probably my favorite franchise, period. And this movie was like if you if you took a bunch of like teenage boys and just had them write down all the things they thought were super cool and then made a movie about it, and it was fucking awesome. This is a total Tupperware. The action scenes are crazy. The, the driving stunts are just, they, they continually up themselves each movie. The, the fight scene and choreography was not, not what I was expecting. It was incredible. Uh, this movie is the highest of Tupperwares. Highest of Tupperwares from Harmon. I'm, I'm gonna go next. Uh, if you've been listening over the past, uh, previous eight weeks, I have been doing a, watch of most of these movies for the first time uh with the fast friday screenings you could go and watch these movies for free at participating uh theaters in the in the theater which was which was an amazing experience for me and uh i absolutely fell in love with the franchise uh going week to week and it was uh, my mind was you know consistently blown by these movies, by the stunts, by the characters, uh, just the, honestly, some of the silliest dialogue ever, but I love it. And then just kind of like for as crazy a franchise as it is, like the tight story that they have kind of put together. Um, so that brings me to F9. I'm literally walking into the theater giddy. I'm giggling to myself as I'm walking into the theater because I'm so excited to watch this movie. And, um, it was fine. I, <sighs> this is my least favorite of the franchise. Um, 
And I feel like it was kind of, I wasn't, I was, I was, I didn't think that the action was as good as like the two previous movies. Um, I felt like John Cena's character really fell flat for me. Um, the whole forced brother kind of story just did not work for me. I felt like the movie was trying to be silly and over the top, which I loved, but then it also had like this weird kind of like serious, these weird serious moments, which I, I don't know. I felt like it was a little bit, I think it was played more in this movie than they've ever done it before. And I liked it and I had moments where I loved it and I was laughing, but this is probably the weakest entry in the franchise for me. So I'm going to give it a solid taste it. And, uh, so, uh, Jake, what did you think about, uh, F9? Yeah, I'm also not a Tupperware, but I think I liked it a little bit more than you. It was a high taste it for me. Um, one of my biggest complaints was also the John Cena character. I thought that was really keeping it for Vito Tupperware. I was very excited to see him as the movie's villain, but just the a little bit too flashback heavy with his stuff. And I didn't think he really like added much to that character. I mean, he, I, I just expected it to be a bit more of an eclectic, fun character than just kind of frowny John Cena the whole movie. Yeah, it was a little bit disappointing on that level. Um, and yeah, the action was a little bit more sparse than it had been in the last like four or five of these movies. Um, still not my least favorite. I still give that to four, but, um, yeah, I, I loved the, the opening action sequence. I loved the end action sequence, but a lot of the plot points did fall a little bit flat for me as well. Still a very fun movie, a lot of very funny moments. Um, and I'd also want to point out that, um, I thought Hobbs and Shaw were noticeably absent. They yeah, really could yeah. have spiced this up a lot more, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That was a huge, that was a huge thing for me too, man. I really missed them in this movie. I really did. Yeah, they're both in my, like, if I had to power rank my characters, they're both probably in my top three. So I, it was just a little bit sad not seeing them there. We kind of know they're ending this whole thing with the final trilogy. And I thought this movie kind of suffered with the knowledge of that. I thought you could kind of feel that this wasn't as much of a one-and-done movie as the other ones were. One thing I really liked about this franchise before this movie is you could have really ended it on any movie. And I feel like this was the first movie where there has to be a next one. Where on almost all the previous ones, it could have just been the last movie. And I just building towards the next movie instead of just making one kick-ass fucking one-and-done story, I think suffered a little bit in the storytelling in this movie. All right, yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about it a little bit more. I want to know. I, it sounds like everybody here had a great time. I'm glad that everybody had a great time. And I had fun... And, but man, I feel like, and I was super excited to watch this movie. It just didn't live up to like, I guess, story wise, like what I was really hoping from this one. I, my biggest problem was this whole kind of, um, uh, this brother that comes out of nowhere and, and then the flashback scenes and like, I guess I'm so fresh off of like watching these movies and like the, you know, like the exit of Paul Walker's character from the franchise in seven that like the first movie that they're trying to do is kind of like reestablish kind of like this, this new brother. And I felt like they were kind of trying to fill that 
Paul Walker void, uh, void and give like a new brother relationship, inject a new brother relationship into the series. And not only that, I just wasn't endeared to Jacob at all. Like no. <laughs> he was like Cena's so fucking good in like a lot of the stuff that he's done, comedies and action and stuff. And I felt like this was like the worst I've ever seen him since he, since like maybe like in the early days when he was doing those WWE action movies. Like this is like he was just so flat and boring for me. But um I mean some gr- things that I did love. I love fucking Tez and uh and uh Roman and even them going to space as ridiculous as it was. <laughs> fucking Pontiac Fierro, baby. Come on, yeah. Dude, oh uh, okay. I know, and I've been, my, my uncle, my uncle, uh, Bob, um, owned a Pontiac Fiero. So I've been in a Pontiac Fiero many, many times. And I love that car. It was so fun. It was so small, but it was sporty looking and shit. And, uh, just to think of a fucking Pontiac Fiero going into space was pretty funny. I, I, I thought that that was fun. Um, but, I don't know, man. I'm, I, yeah, I did miss Hobbs and Shaw in this movie. I really hope that they, I know they're talking about like not coming back, like they're done. I really hope that they come back at least for the final movie. I think they really were missed. And I felt like the reveal of like Han kind of fell flat for me. Of course, it's like we knew he was coming back. We'd seen him in the trailers, but like, you know, I, it didn't really. Okay. I got a question. I have a question. And they talk about, they talk about Han, like we see a flashback and he's talking about how like Mr. Nobody set it up to look like he died in there. Um, I'm, are, are they introducing, and I know this sounds silly, are they going to be introducing clones into F9, <laughs> into the Fast franchise? Either clones, maybe some time travel, there's something going on. I feel like, yeah, I feel like there could be clones, there could be time traveling, like, I don't know. Well, it just kind of blew when, me away. When Han, when Han died in uh, Tokyo Drift, you get a close-up of him after the crash showing that it's definitely him. Because obviously you just recently watched them, so you would be the best person to remember. Because if they just, like, flashed away from it after a while, you know, you don't know whether he managed to get out. Because you just see it. I just remember an explosion. I don't remember seeing a body. So, I mean, yeah. I never saw a body. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I mean... Th- th- Definitely, like, the reveal of how Han is still alive, it's 100% yada, yada, yada. It, mm-hmm. it 100%, right? Because he's like, well, how, they're like, how are you still alive? We all saw you die. And it's the question the audience is asking you, right? <laughs> right? We as the audience are like, we all saw you die. How did you, uh, I just surprised. Oh, Mr. Nobody pulled his magic and made it only look like I was dead. And it's, and that's the only explanation you get. And, and they definitely, I mean, at that point, you just, yeah, your mind will go to like, well, did they clone him? Did they get him from another timeline? Yeah, I know. It's like I'm injecting Star Wars fucking theories into Fast and Furious. Like, in all honesty, they did a better job with Han returning than the Emperor. So I'll give it that much. Right. Did did, did Thanos snap his fingers and and Han came back? Like, what happened that he somehow survived? Yeah, it's a real yada, yada, yada moment, leaving it open, I guess, to any crazy interpretation you'd like to give it. I mean, after all, they did go to space in a Pontiac Fiero, so why not? 
My crowd, my crowd popped more for Twinkie and Earl than they did for Hot showing up. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Bow Wow and Jason Tobin, like they probably, that probably got a, the biggest pop of the people showing up in the whole movie for my crowd. <laughs> well, that's crazy. Do you know what? Just going back to the, what you say that like you didn't really feel the impact of Han um, reappearing. Like I, I felt the same going into it because obviously you see him in the trailer. But when he came into their little their clubhouse and everyone was like shocked to see him, and like you see the emotions, you see them like generally being happy that he was still alive. Like I felt that, but I was like, oh shit, they actually, you know, left something off the trailer that made it a little bit more impactful. No, I think like the reactions. Uh, Go ahead. So I never saw a trailer for for F nine. So I had no idea Han was coming back. So oh, when man. they're when they're in Tokyo and then you're you're thinking about they're you know they're gonna get killed and then you see someone sniping them out and then he lowers the gun and you see it's Han, I was just fucking blown away. Like yeah. it worked really well on me because <laughs> I had no knowledge. Yeah, it, I mean, he's been in like the first trailer that they release. And of course I watch pretty much every trailer that comes out for every movie. So I was kind of spoiled on that. Maybe it would have been more impactful had I not known, but on the flip side, I did like, I did like Dom's reaction. You know, there was like this holy shit. Like I'm really upset that I, I've been fucking, you know, thinking that you were dead this whole time, but my God, thank God you're alive and gave him a hug. And I thought that that was really cool. Um, and I think that also adds to Jacob's character because Jacob saw that and was like, hold on, like, look how much love you're giving to this guy who's not technically family and I'm your own flesh and blood and like, you never gave me that respect. You never showed me that love. Like, I was always in your shadow. And like, that adds the impact and gives a little bit more depth to Jacob. Uh, just, it just didn't give any depth to his performance. Um, and he just was, I mean, you know, if this is what you're, if this is how you wrote him in this movie to, and, and I feel like they're going to bring him back and, and those two are going to, you know, bond again and stuff like that. But like, it felt like a, it felt like they were trying to replace in a way, not being disrespectful, but trying to replace that brother relationship that he had with Brian, with his real brother eventually in the series. And it just didn't work for me. Yeah, I think I think you're totally right, Brian. I mean, I I, I got that same vibe too in the movie that, that this is definitely meant to almost be a replacement for Brian. Like it's, and it's not like and again. I, I I agree with you. I don't feel like it was it was disrespectful, but I think the introduction of this character uh, that we like knew nothing about and like they never talked about him before, and then suddenly here he is. I mean, it's it's definitely awkward that they introduce him like that. Um, I don't know. I, I, I hear I hear what you're saying about his performance being flat for you. I just felt like he was very much chewing the scenery and I, I kind of liked him I kind of liked that about him, that he was like this over the top, you know, I'm tired of being in my brother's shadow and, and it was all like a big misunderstanding between the brothers that put this big rift between them and I I, enjoy, I, I liked that the movie, you know, took its time to kind of explain that to us. Dom and Jacob's father in the flashbacks kind of creeped me out. It reminded me of like Conan O'Brien if they made it sketch, like how it was supposed to be like <laughs> a little bit John Cena, a little bit Med Diesel, yeah. all, all in one visage. I was like, whoa, this is weird. I thought, I thought that young 
what was it? Young Dom looked more like young Benicio del Toro than <laughs> yes. young Vin Diesel. The voice dub really was weird too. Like that was really distracting from the flashbacks. Hearing Vin Diesel's like modern, like he didn't even try to like sound younger or anything. It's just like Vin Diesel talking and dubbing over this actor. It was very bizarre. Uh, there was one flashback scene that I I thought worked really well, and that was when Dom was getting out of prison and he was going to race Jacob. And you get that scene where they're meeting up for the first time once he's out of prison, and the crew from the first Fast movie is there. So yeah. You've got a young Letty, a young Mia, a young Jesse. Like, seeing those characters represented was meaningful to me. That was definitely the best flashback with the race, by far. Oh, for sure. I thought it was a wonky plot point when they... Uh, reveal their entire plan in front of Jacob. Like, it was very... Usually the villain of the movie does that by accident. Yeah, they got those roles reversed. Yeah, all of our heroes decided to reveal their plan in front of the villain, and then he just busts out. He's like, hey, I know your whole plan. I thought that that was terrible as well. I was thinking that the entire time. Like, you guys are just sitting around, and he's he's listening to you. Like, what is going on here? (laughs) I thought... uh, Cypher, uh, Charlize Theron's character, was by far more interesting than John Cena's character. Oh, I liked how they had her as the prize in a human claw machine, like the entire movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. The fake-out death scene with her worked really well, though. Yeah, it did. There there were definitely a couple people in my theater who, like, audibly gasped when the what we thought was a plane blew up. Yeah, that was surprising when she just kind of walks out and you're like, what the fuck? Can I ask a question? Is it weird if if your best friend is still alive, is it weird to name your kid after him? Like, if I have a kid, is it weird for me to, like... No, my nephew nephew is named after somebody that was still alive. It was an an older guy, but uh, he was still alive and they, they did it. Because of the friendship that they had with this guy. So, yeah, it's not weird. Okay, that makes sense. I just thought maybe it was overkill doing both things. Like, pretending Brian's still alive and naming your kid and honoring Brian with his name. No, I think it's weird to have a conversation with your kid later on down the road saying, Ah, we would have named you this had that person died, but they didn't, so now you name this. (laughs) (laughs) Or, or you could just have that conversation saying, I named you after the greatest man I ever knew, you know? So, and I, I think it's, I think it's sweet. I like it. I love the fact that his kid's okay. named Brian. Yeah, I'll concede. I, I just, I just was unsure. I thought maybe it might have been a bit of an overkill. It was a genuine question, not a complaint. If that was, that was weird. How did you, I, when that fucking blue car pulled up at the end, man, they fucking get me every time with the Brian shit, yeah, man. Sure. Every fucking yes. time. The, the fact that, you know, in, in, in this movie, they're talking about how Brian's the one watching. He's, he, the boys are safe. And it made sense. It made sense. If you want the boys to be safe, you're going to have Brian watch them. I, it worked for me. It was like, you know, I think like he'd be the perfect guy to to be looking over those boys. So I bought into it all. I bought into it all. And when he pulled up, I bought into it. And it just I fucking that's like the movie for as much as like I felt like this was and I'm saying I'm giving this a taste it and I'm not saying it wasn't a fun movie. I had a lot of fun watching this movie. It's just man, I I coming out of those eight previous movies, especially I would say one, two, three. Oh, man. Five, six, and seven are great. 
Um, the other, I, the others I'd consider like four was a high taste for me. Eight was still a Tupperware, but this was just like, this was just, I don't know, man, this just wasn't, and I, maybe it was the new writer or something like that. So something didn't click with this one, but man, there's still moments in this that I absolutely loved. So, yeah. Obviously yeah. they could have, they could have bring Brian back here, but like for me personally, if shit hits the fan, yeah. Would you rather have Brian or Mia there? Especially if you're going to a dangerous situation. You, you would have wanted Brian to be there. So that was the only thing that I was just a little, like, a little bit I rolled my eyes at. Yeah, I suppose. But on the flip side, it's like the boys are targets. I mean, if you're going to get at the family, if you're going to get at Dom, the boys are targets. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I mean, you'd want Brian to protect him. That's what, that's, that's kind of like what, where my mindset was. So. I think it worked in this movie, not having Brian there and having Mia instead, because she didn't show up until after they knew it was Jacob, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah let, right. Yeah, Letty let went and got her. Right. So, Brian's I mean, in the like next movie, that man. might be harder like, to explain away. I don't want to hang away. out with your family. <laughs> <laughs> Long moment of silence. <laughs> These movies are so action-packed and there's no lulls in them at all, but this podcast is the opposite of watching a Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> for sure. I, wanna, I just want to push up my, my car nerd glasses here for a minute. Uh, so, obviously, in Tokyo Drift, Han, his main hero car, was the Veilside black and orange uh, RX-7. Uh, so, giving the new Supra that same paint job, I think, was a really cool touch. Uh and like throwback to to fast to Tokyo Drift, and then at the very end, at the scene where Brian's pulling up in the the blue GTR, you see for like three seconds an old Fair Lady Z painted in that that same signature color of Han's car, and I thought that was a really nice touch. Uh, yeah, that, that if we're expecting anybody else to jump in and that. Like say anything about that, you're sorely mistaken. We're not car people. <laughs> so it's like we go from like one, we go from like one moment of silence to like fucking we've got we got Orange County Car Guy or whatever the fuck that show was called, and yeah. and now we don't know. Now none of us know what to say. <laughs> I was busy pushing my glasses up on my face during that, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I love the. Uh, oh, oh, go sorry, ahead. Jake. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, I loved the, all the magnet action stuff at the end. I, I thought the humor with, um, oh, what's the computer girl's name again? Ramsey. Oh, I, I Ramsey. I love the humor of her getting to be a driver in one of these action sequences for the first time. I, I laughed pretty hard when Dom called her a natural after she did all her stunts and everything. I, I thought the magnet stuff did some really cool effects, and there was some really good cinematography in the action involving all the, the use of magnets at the end. I, I loved that stuff. I, I was I was going to talk about the magnets too. <laughs> I, what I what I, I did enjoy all that stuff. What what just cracks me up, and I feel like it's just part of this franchise for how silly it can be and over the top it can be. I, I did enjoy how the electromagnets could do whatever they needed them to do in any given situation. So like sometimes they would pull <laughs> in just tables and chairs, and then sometimes they would pull in armored cars, and then sometimes they would just pull in people's watches. Like it, it was. 
it, it was like the, the the electromagnets knew what to do in every situation, which was well, pretty funny to me. It was but, a dial. I'm, 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 yeah, I was going to defend the movie a little bit. There was a dial that told how much. No, I, okay, fair, fair enough. All right, all right calm, calm down, magnet nerds. I think we have no, I do I, wish we got a scene of someone getting just like clocked by a washing machine coming through the store window. Though. <laughs> that would have been great. That, that would have been really <laughs> no, but I, I enjoyed all that stuff. I too loved Ramsey's driving scene where she was like, "Okay, now it's time to tell you. I don't know how to drive. I don't have a license. I never learned." And then she like just plows through cars left and right. I, <laughs> I enjoyed that too. And of course, when, when Dom gets in and says, oh, you're a natural. And she's like, oh, thanks. She's <laughs> a terrible driver, obviously. But no, I thought it was fun. I loved the, I loved the, I loved the opening set piece too. Like when they were when they were in the desert, and they, they weren't in the desert. I'm sorry. When they when when they were driving, and like the bridge is collapsing, and they're driving up the collapsing bridge, and then the plane comes down and grabs the car, and then Dom does this thing where he like drives off the cliff and he locks his wheels and he holds on to this like um, this rope or whatever. And he swings the car. I mean, it's just. I thought this was a great way to open the movie. All that, all the all, all the motorcycle stuff. Um, just over the top and I, I it's I love how they write Roman's character like he's just so dumb sometimes but <laughs> but then it's moments like when he's driving that that huge eyesore of like a tank and he's like oh what die aren't you jealous now who's compensating now like, <laughs> I, I, I loved all that stuff I, him him and Ludacris just continue to just uh I don't know, just be really joyful and funny in these movies, the way that they love to mess with each other. I, I enjoyed that a lot. The whole running joke of them being invincible was funny as well. Yes. And yeah, that worked really well. I, I kept thinking, like, someone on the internet is going to take that scene where Ramsey, right before she says that, you're, she's like, are you saying that we're invincible? Someone's going to take that scene and splatter the invincible <laughs> with the blood from the comic book that, that we've all been watching on Amazon Prime. You know, and I was like, man, somebody on the internet is going to do that with that Invincible series. That would be fantastic to do a mashup with this F9 oh, movie. Yeah. That's, that's 100% going to happen. Yeah. It should happen, yeah. Um, Did you think they were kind of alluding that maybe one of those two characters could die with that storyline? Did anyone feel that? I thought that. I yeah. thought that. I really thought it was that, you know, if you show a gun in the first act, you had to show that gun going off in the third act. I really thought it was... I really thought it was foreshadowing that one of those two guys was 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 going to die, but uh, they did not. You know, they continue to somehow be the luckiest guys out there who <laughs> get shot at, <laughs> cars fall almost on them, they go into fucking space, and they're totally fine. Like I just, I really, I really love that. <laughs> I, lo- I love the point where they were just like talking about physics because obviously these movies have gone oh, yes. where <laughs> real life physics just do not apply, and they were just like, oh. Don't worry, trust the numbers. Like, we can get you to space. Physics, yes. physics works in this world. <laughs> oh my god. Many so times it doesn't. There's some I, really I, good I, meta humor there. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, even, even when they're talking about like, how is it that we've been all these crazy adventures and none of us have not? And, and us as the audience, my, my audience chuckled. They all laughed at that because it was like, yeah, how are you still alive after all of these 
crazy adventures that you've been on. You fucking had to drive on the ice over a submarine in the last movie, and The Rock was throwing torpedoes around, but you all survived somehow. Like, it's, it's, yeah. That's the uh, franchise basically, like, getting meta and looking at itself, but it's super, I, I like that part too. I, and I love that because Paul, Paul said it earlier that like this, the, these movies know what they are, and 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 I agree. I, and I'm huge. I'm a huge fan of movies that know what they are, and they don't pretend to be something else. This movie doesn't pretend to be anything other than what it is, and and that's why I think I love them so much. I felt like this one did take itself a little too seriously at points, which mm. that I guess that kind of took me out of it too. And I then, and then, um, and then. The Star Wars conversation with Charlize Theron. Oh, that was funny. It was terrible. It was terrible. I liked God. the Yoda joke too. Oh, I thought it was terrible. When everyone was, was giving their rating, yeah, and then we had like three Tupperwares, I was like, okay, you know what? Ryan's gonna Tupperware, that's cool, innit? I was just like, okay, you know what? Jake, don't fuck this up. Jake, don't fuck this up. And you came out and you were like, taste it. I was like, my jaw hit the floor. I was like, nah, Brian, no. I'm sorry. I'm not, I can't get on here and like tell you anything different. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch it again and maybe upon second watch I'll feel differently. But it just was for, I mean, trust me, guys, I, I've, I put in the, I put in the work the last previous eight weeks and it was worth it. Like, like, you know, the juice was worth the squeeze when it came to uh, Fast and Furious for me going to the theater. And I had to drive 45 minutes, 45 okay. to 50 minutes to the theater every week on Friday to watch these movies. And it was something I looked forward to. I was giddy when I was going into the theater, Nana. I was literally giggling to myself as I'm pulling up the ticket on my app to have them scan it. I am so happy and I'm sitting down and everything's starting. And then it just was like, there's this moment where I was just like, am I just not as into this one as I am with the others? Does something just feel off in this movie? Um, and I think it came down to like the writing and I, like, I never bought into this fucking brother story. That was my biggest problem with that. I hope that they can find a way for me to kind of like, um, care about this John Cena, Jacob character in the next movie. Cause it just didn't work. And Jake, you had a great point, man. I really miss Hobbs and Shaw in this franchise. And, and I thought that, did you guys stick around for the mid credit scene? Uh, I did oh, not. Yeah. Yes. yes, I yes. did. Who did? Okay, who who did? I did. I did. I did. Um, Jake, you did? Did you? Did you stick around? Jake wasn't gonna say. I didn't, I didn't know. Jake that doesn't one. do credits and post credit scenes. We know this from MCU movies. Uh, Deckard Shaw. Um, there's a there's a scene where Deckard Shaw shows up. Uh, where we see Deckard Shaw, and then Han arrives where he's at. So it's the first time Shaw has seen Han since he believed that he killed him. Oh, that's cool. I feel like that would have been a big moment to save for the for the next movie, though. That's a little bit of a shame. Well, I mean, there's been mid credit scenes in, I'd say, about half of these movies. So Yeah, it's, I should have Googled it. I, I stayed for quite a while. It must have really been after quite a few minutes before they showed something. But I thought that that was cool. I loved that scene. To be honest with you, good. it got me hyped for like, you know, where they're going to be going in the next movie. Do you think Han could show up in the next Hobbs and Shaw movie? Hmm, I think it's a, a possibility. Point. I think, I think with this post credit scene, yes, strong possibility. 
Yeah, I think it's actually teasing the next Hobbs and Shaw movie. And I think that that would, I wouldn't be opposed to Han bouncing back and forth between both franchises. Well, the spinoff and the main flagship movies. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, not me, at all. me neither. That, that, that would be a cool, a fun dynamic to add into, you know, you already have this great, you know, between Jason Statham and The Rock and their little competition they always have going on. And then to throw Han into it where he, you know, clearly has a reason to hate you know, uh, Jason Statham's character. I, I think that could add that that could add in a really cool that a really cool dynamic to to the movies. And then behind Han is another Han because it's clones. <gasps> <laughs> and then they all go to space. Yes. Oh man, I want the time travel really bad. I think you could this this franchise could do a lot of fun stuff with time travel. Oh characters, yeah, characters oh, oh, I would be themselves. so down. Just just jump the shark completely, more so than they already have. Okay, Harmon, what if they have to go eighty eight miles per hour? <laughs> Bro, I'm so down. <laughs> that would be so great. <laughs> uh, has anyone seen the Spy Kid Races on Netflix? What is it? Spy Kid Race, um, not Spy Kid, Fast and Furious Racers. It's like the, um, the animated kid show. No. It's like the son of Don. Yeah, they're, they're entertaining uh, as well. I, I watched one episode of that and I didn't really care for it. Uh, no, nah, they're entertaining. They're funny. Really? I think oh, they're okay. actually for like the fourth or fifth season, actually. Oh I've only gosh. seen the first two. Oh, wow. I've only seen, <laughs> I've only seen like the, yeah, I've only seen like the first two, but I'm pretty sure they're up to like the fourth season. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. <laughs> Is Dom's kid going around fucking women and having all these kids? Yeah. Yeah. Guys, I'm going to watch this again and hopefully my rating will change. Hopefully it'll go up, but I don't, I don't know. It was, I think it'll go down. Really? Yeah. I, that's yeah. what I, I was like. I had a lot when I walked out, I was like, I had a lot of fun, but I feel like if I watched five through nine in a row, yeah, I'd, I'd be like, "What was that?" That's exact, dude. That, like, and that's what I'm coming out of. Jake is like literally watching each of these, and and honestly, like, I at the end of the day, I would go back and watch the first eight all over again in the theater. I would do that whole thing over again. I had so much fun, and I'm gonna miss going to the theaters on Friday to to watch these movies. It's just this one is the one that hit the least. For me, it hit the yeah. least, man. And I don't know if it was expectation. Um, I don't know. I feel like it was this new writer and I feel like it was me not buying into John Cena's character at all. And I did I lose sight of just how silly and ridiculous this series is? I felt like the action wasn't as good as the previous movies, too. So yeah, it was more sparse. I think they were a bit cowardly with what they did with John Cena's character too. I mean the running joke before anyone even saw the movie was oh well by the next movie he's going to be teamed up with him and a good guy and it just was really cowardly how easy everything kind of worked out when it came Mm. to that storyline I I thought there was no balls and no stakes when it came to how they kind of finished that storyline in this movie it very much felt like see you next movie give him give him the salute and (laughs) oh another reason I another reason I thought there might be clones is I think like I think like Mr. Nobody has died multiple times and like we're we're seeing like clones of Mr. Nobody oh yeah that's that's really cool i it felt like he was another card they were like holding back for the next already planned movie yeah 
I know this whole clone, this whole clone theory of mine has no legs. I know it's ridiculous, but like if they introduced clones into Fast and Furious, I would be, I would be, I would be so for it. <laughs> Fast I, I send in the clones. <laughs> oh man. The John Cena things, like when he comes back and he's a good guy, it's almost going to be like as jarring as like episode nine when like you just snap your finger and Kylo Ren's Ben Solo, right? Because like they did such a poor job of giving him any kind of interesting, eclectic personality traits in this movie that when he magically has them next movie and he's cracking jokes, it's going to be like, who is this character? But I mean, I guess they can only go up from what they did in this movie. I mean, maybe he will be much more enjoyable when he gets to be comedic as a good guy next movie because we, we know he has the comedic chops. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping you're right there. But that's just my complaint. It seems like I'm the only one that had problems with it. So No, I think if you power rank bad guys from Fast and the Furious movies, this one was real one note and flat. Oh, he was definitely a, a flat character. There was not a lot of charisma there. Oh, I did like the one villain that looked like Elton John. <laughs> was that his buddy that he kind of turned on at the end? Yeah, that was the guy that made the the whole Yoda joke. Yeah, that guy. Oh, yes. I thought he looked like Baron Zemo light. That's Baron what he Zemo looked like to me. You, you ordered Baron Zemo on Wish, and that's I what he was like. Eh, because I, I'm, I'm like. Like, the way that he speaks and, like, kind of the way that he acts, I'm like, this guy's trying so hard to be Daniel Brühl. Like, he is, like, straining to become Daniel Brühl. They should have just gotten Daniel Brühl in this role. Like, yeah, he was, uh, I don't know, he was sort of, um, I, I, I never took him seriously. Like, I just thought he was silly. Yeah, I feel like the, like, I was, I was anticipating the post credit scene to show because they, like, made, multiple mentions that his dad is like this powerful guy so i was oh, almost expecting yeah. to see like anthony hopkins pop up and oh, be like we gotta crazy. get revenge on these people well oh, one of the God. one of the things people have been saying is like when is michael Caine gonna show up in one of these movies because oh, you know better. he's been in you know some of these racing heist movies i think wasn't he in the original italian job he was yeah, yeah, so and he, was, and he was in the Last Witcher with Vin Diesel, I believe, too. Yeah, but I'm talking like his history with like the Italian yeah. Job movie and how he would his character would kind of fit in with this franchise, and especially since they had Helen Mirren in the franchise, you know, um, you know, just adding another kind of like older actor like Michael Caine would have been cool. So I don't yeah, know, would be pretty neat. Yeah, I, I really liked her stuff, even though she was in the movie for just a little bit. Uh, it was so great to see her again. Oh, it was great to see her driving that car like a oh maniac. God, I, mean, <laughs> I, I love that. Like she walked out of the museum or the the art show or whatever, and she's wearing the necklace that she stole. <laughs> I, and she's just casually strolling. She gets some keys, picks a car. Um, this movie doesn't even have time to show you the full heist. It's just like fuck no. it. She's got the jewels. Let's get her out of there. <laughs> We gotta get through a lot of backstory. We, we've got no, I, we've got four more flashbacks of these actors that look nothing like these guys <laughs> to get to. <laughs> we 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 cast Benicio de Toro's stunt double to play Vin Diesel's. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, any final thoughts on F9? Bring in the clones. Bring in the 
clones. That's what I said. In the clones. I want clones. In F10, I want clones. F10, Attack of the Clones. Revenge of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. Oh, my God. <laughs> maybe, maybe they'll do it in F11 because it's 11 and there's two ones next to each other. They're identical. Oh, oh. the one spawn another one on, like, the trailer. Oh, <laughs> I've cracked the fucking code. Cracked the code there, Brian. That's it. That's it takes it. an idiot to crack a code for Fast and Furious. <laughs> I'm I'm basically I'm basically the Roman of this podcast. <laughs> it's really inspiring to other action movies though that one of the biggest action movie franchises of all time is an original IP. Isn't based off of, you know, a movie that previously existed or a comic book or an old TV show. So, I mean, there's, you can still do it, man. You can still create a brand new IP and have it be a mega blockbuster franchise. You don't have to just jump, jump on someone else's shoulders. So it's, it's inspiring to future filmmakers. And it's been going on for 20 years now, you know, and it's, yeah. it's awesome. It's awesome. And I mean, I, my God, I, it just makes me want to rewatch this entire franchise over again because it's—I've had so much fun. You guys have no idea how much. Oh, you, you do have an idea because you guys love it too. <laughs> yeah, I did this. I did it when six came out. I was like, okay, I'm getting it on this boat, and yeah, it's—it's it's a lot of fucking fun. I can't even imagine getting to watch five through eight before a movie mm. for the first time. So, woof. Mm. All right, guys. Any final thoughts, Harmon? Final thoughts. I think that if anyone is interested in seeing this film, it's definitely uh, worth your time to go see it in theaters. I think it's seeing all the action on the big screen is going to make for a better time and a more enjoyable experience. Uh, I do agree with you guys that this one is probably not going to hold up so well on rewatches at home. But seeing it on the big screen is a lot of fun. And it was definitely a good return to theaters for myself. There you go. There you go. Harmon, thank you so much for joining us on this, uh, for this portion of the podcast. Where can people find you, sir? Well, I do a podcast called Brute Force and Ignorance, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. So you can find us where all your, uh, podcast hosting services. And you can find us on Facebook at Brute Force and Ignorance, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Shoot us a message on there. And, uh, yeah, listen to myself and a bunch of nerds play Dungeons and Dragons. It's a lot of fun. Absolutely. Guys, check it out. Uh, and, uh, I want to thank everybody for joining us on this episode. <laughs> this is so weird to be doing this now. We're recording this first, everybody. All right. It's weird. It's weird. We're time traveling. It's, it's weird. All of a sudden, Brian and Rebecca are getting along here at the end of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> All right. of Brian shows up to to record the first part of the episode. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> it's all connected. I'm sorry, Rebecca, the clone of me is still a dick, so you're, it's, okay. <laughs> 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 guys, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and it's all that. 
scraps Dropped by the cool kids it's, it's a trap Good it, toss it, good it, do we love it? Hey, let's race it, clean it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carry over, counterculture, push over Pop culture Leftover Uncool kids What's to say's already been said Leftover Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Podcasts that originally good have already been done before, so we should Separate the wheat from the chaff And we're the chaff, the crap, even though we're the shit Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap! Good and toss it, good and taste it, do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over Counterculture push over, pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say it's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftover, uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftover, sure the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers.